Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Scare, a brand new horror podcast that will go beyond the scare to talk about all things that make you scream, from film to TV and music and more. And this week I'm joined by the fierce and fabulous diva, Skinny Manny. How are you, diva? Oh, diva, I am living, absolutely living in quarantine, feeling my quarantine fantasy and having an all-around good time, actually. Um, you know you know how it is. You know how it is. I'm, I'm feeling good. How are you? I'm all right. Just keeping going and keeping busy and um, hope, hope putting things and bits and bobs together for the, the festive period. Oh, the festive season, yes. We're rapidly approaching the second biggest gay holiday of the year after Halloween is Christmas. Exactly. And then you're like, oh, it's one of those seasons that you're like, I didn't realize how much work I'd put on myself. I was like, oh, there's a lot here. Right? Like the whole whole Christmas season, drag queens stop wearing black and orange and start wearing green and red. Uh, but with the same amount of work goes into it. I'm enjoying a lovely festive drink of Iron Brew Extra, not crimble juice, oh. but in spirit crimble juice. You're like, it's in form, it's the, it's the closest to crimble juice you could get. Yes, unfortunately, I'm not sponsored and I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a crimble juice gal. It's not 24 karat gold here. Uh, so unfortunately, I don't have crimble juice on tap, but um, I am having a lovely Iron Brew uh, extra to um, enjoy the festivities tonight so if you're listening along at home grab yourself a little drink and have a good time with us exactly just have a drink sit back relax and enjoy um what could be your um final destination well again that was me trying to make a joke there that probably wasn't that, that funny lovely, that very subtle segue lola well done i know um but um tell people a little bit about yourself for anyone that doesn't know um about you well, I am um, Glasgow's armpit of drag. I am, uh, you know, Scotland's answer to um, a pint-sized princess. I am a local queen from um, the same place as Lola, actually, from Paisley. And now we are both Glasgow queens. I am a... Um, I just said a lot about myself without really saying anything at all, didn't I? <laughs> I, I am... Pretty in Pink and Two in the Stink. I love horror, I love glamour, and I love filth. And I am here today on Lola's podcast, hopefully to have a very good time. Lola, why don't you remind everyone at home who you are? I'll put you on the spot. (laughs) Well, we all know I'm that fierce and fabulous gal that you all know that likes to um, give you a wee tune, write her own songs and do a little bit of Ariana Grande probably every single show that she does because, you know, how can we live without the ponytail gal herself? Even though half the time I don't have a ponytail on, that's not the point. If it's not Lola Fierce performing Ariana Grande in her boy clothes because she left them at home and she didn't realise until she was in her car, then it is not drag being done at the venue. <laughs> oh, that one time, I, I just remember that came up as like a memory not long ago and I was like, you, that time you <gasps> that left your clothes in the car and performed in your own clothes with, oh my God, and everything because that's what you said. I was like, hmm. I was like, wouldn't that like to go back to that. That was my most iconic Lola Fierce moment ever. Well, not the most iconic but we'll talk about the most iconic one later. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure we will get on to that little moment of um, iconicness. <laughs> iconicness. Um, unless I do anything that gives me, um, that makes this not happen, then which that iconic moment was, then we'll get on to. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
But we are here to talk about a film series that's been going on for the past 20 years and spawned a whole load of sequels and um, a, a full entire um, culture-ness to it. Um, and that is Final Destination. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these films are ones that kind of scare you sometimes to do what they are about occasionally because you're like, oh, I don't know whether I'd ever then go back on a plane after watching it. It's not one you right. want to go on holiday. <laughs> Exactly. No, absolutely. Like, I feel like these these films, um, especially so, um, well, I guess we'll talk about it more when we start getting into it. But this was these were actually the first slasher films I ever watched. Um, oh. I mean, are these slasher films? They're not really. They're more like disaster films. Yeah, more like disaster kind of supernatural kind of I would say it's like slasher, but like the slasher is death. Like yes. death itself. Um, as opposed to like a killer so yeah. it was my first experience with those kind of ho- it, it was my first experience with like horror movies where like the whole cast is going to die do you know what I mean so and I feel like with these movies especially like try and like they, they find the horror in the minutiae of the everyday like flying on a plane fucking driving down the motorway being on a roller coaster and then suddenly you're like mm, I'm never doing them again nope and then you get in the car with Lola Fierce and you wonder, oh my God, I'm liking Final Destination. I'm kidding. I'm a good driver. I'm a good Lola, driver. Lola Fierce is driving you home from suck. It's not Lacey Drives, it's Lola Drives. And um, Lola's wig's touching the ceiling of the car and you're like, oh no, when we crash, Lola's wig might kill me. I remember that time. I was like, I was like, I don't know how I can drive because my hair's so tight on my head that's touching the roof. I'm like... This is, a, this is a hard one, but um, I've got a bigger car now, so we're all okay. Oh, it was a hard one, but not a hard front. It was wigs by yes. boss. It was. And I was like, hmm, this is very big, but um, we'll just duck a little. <laughs> um, <laughs> but over, like, obviously each film is about something a little bit different. But um, do you think there's ever been any moments that you felt like something was going to go wrong and then it did? Oh, my fuck. Have I ever had a premonition that everything was about to go wrong for me? Um... Just before I walked on stage to perform at um, Strictly Come Drag's Burlesque, um, the Strictly Come Drag Burlesque I did, I was like, this is going to go wrong. And then it did. Um, but no, in terms of life, um, no, I, I, I tend to be the kind of person who very much lives in the moment and just sort of has a, has a little bit of a giggle. I'll spend the entire, like, you know, four days running up to the thing, terrified about it. And then when I'm there, I'm like... <laughs> it's here so I usually don't have those kind of things in the moment I've never got on a plane and been like we're going down um but do you know what that's actually surprising to think about because I'm quite a fucking neurotic person so uh, what about yourself Lola do you do you have premonitions of something going wrong sometimes um I would only say there's only been the odd few moments where I'm like this is not gonna be fun I'm gonna hate it it's gonna go wrong for me um, and it, it kind of um, and I know there's a roller coaster film in Final Destination but I um I don't like that kind of a drilling that much not that kind of gal mm. so I went on to um I think it was like a friend's birthday or something um and we went on one of those I don't know what they're called one of those like tower things that shoots you up bounces you up and down you fall yeah, they're not for me. I was like, not going to mm. like it. And that was like, I was like, going to fall out. I didn't fall out though, but I was like, oh, it was the, the, the fear of, I'm going to hate this. This is going to be horrible. And it yeah. was horrible. Um, but yeah. no, I think I kind of like, if something goes wrong, then I kind of just go with it and work with it. Um, and the I mean, that's what you're known for. Exactly. Like, I always say, do you know what, if there's moments, if your hair falls off or anything like that goes wrong, do you know what, you just keep on going and make it to the end and then see after it, cry about it later. But just keep on going Absolutely. in that first moment. 
completely. Um, but yeah, no, de- definitely. Like, um, definitely, there's been moments in my life where I'm, where I'm going, "Oh, this is going wrong," but never, never to the sense of like these premonitions that they have. No, that's that's too much. That's too much. I can't imagine. Sometimes I have vivid dreams and I wake up and I go, "Did that happen? Do I need to apologise to that person for what I just did in my dream?" But um, no, ne- never, never to the extent these poor people had to go through. I can't imagine. I know. I think. I think um, you would be like totally scarred for life if you ever. But all these songs, as much as they kind of like progress on, even through the years, and that they're still very much more old school. They're not so technical yes. all the time. A lot of things they did, they still kind of. They tried to do them rather than use CGI. I think a lot of the time, yes. just certain elements and certain points. You obviously can see that. Um, but there's a few times I think I've watched like behind the scenes and you see bits and bobs like that. Um, so I love how they're a lot more old school and, and not very technical as such. Um, even when you watch like the first one, they're not as much. I think that um, makes a horror film kind of timeless when there's not CGI because I think one of the biggest problems in movies, to be honest, is that CGI can be like so fabulous and you know can, can get you to the point of like near realism. But a lot of the time CGI ages very badly if there's not a massive budget behind it. And I think in a lot of horror movies, there's aspects where like, you know, uh, a death or a, um, an injury or, or a corpse or whatever looks um, great at the time. And then when you go back and look at it 10 years later, it does not hold up whatsoever. Whereas I feel like, well, obviously the first film in this in this um, quintology, um, uh, this series, um, was in 2000, 20 years ago, and uh, which is crazy, 20 years since 2000, wow. Um, and I feel like the movie still holds up. Like, I feel like it doesn't, it's not really aged that much. I feel like there's some scenes on with the plane going down that look a little bit... Um, questionable but and on the whole all the deaths i think hold up quite well i do think they do because like you say you do go back and look at things like um it was on the tv the other day that the first like live action scooby-doo was on and you could see like how it had aged and you were like you can clearly see that scooby-doo's cgi um, are being yeah. screened onto that um thing because you're like when he's standing there it just doesn't look as like Real crystal clear and is there as you would think he would, but um, obviously he's not. He's a talking dog that was put into the film. But um, I know it's like Scooby Doo, um, or getting your head cut off by a fan in a car. And oh, that's that. That's one we will we will definitely like jump. We'll get to. we'll get to that one. But obviously, the first film we've we've mentioned it a few times in the series is um a plane crash, and um, yes. would would you have you ever like have, I, I take it you've been on planes before in your life. I have indeed been on a plane. I have indeed been on planes. And um I would actually say that being in a plane crash is probably one of the, the scariest things that could um that could happen. I was actually just thinking about it as you were saying it. I was like around that kind of time period, obviously two thousand to like two thousand and five, there was like a lot of stuff obviously that kind of like in in, in fiction that kind of referenced planes because obviously this predates nine eleven. Um, and that but then I was thinking about Lost as you were talking about it there I was thinking about the plane going down on Lost and all that different stuff that was in 2004 so I think I think um, plane crashes and like well, in, well this happens multiple times in the series but kind of like vehicular like kind of catastrophes are something that kind of scare everyone um, because they are so out of your control um, if you someone if someone hits uh, you when you're driving, or you know if a plane goes down, there's nothing. There's literally nothing you can do if you're on a plane and it starts going down. I think that's why it scares so many people. Um, there's only probably one or two that you 
probably could save yourself from. But things like being on a plane, like if the plane's going down, there is nowhere you can go. Like you can't. You can't do anything. Yeah, you can't move, and you're like, hmm, okay. Um, but if you if you were on a plane. Um, like he does at the beginning, he goes on the plane. Oh, sorry, gals, I keep forgetting this all the time. Forget to give you the rundown of what the film's about. So, quick rundown, in case you haven't seen it, in case you don't know. Again, spoiler alert, but as I say, if you're listening to this, I feel you've probably seen the movie. So if It's also them, 20 years old, so yeah. if you've not seen it by now. <laughs> yeah, that's more for you. Um, but after an eerie premonition leads a handful of passengers to disembark, an ill-fated flight, death with all its ingenious contraptions of doom at the ready stops those survivors one by one and gory gleeful gleeful oh god it says gleeful oh. um gleeful shockers um that launched the fright film series final destination the start of it all um the glee part there just made me think of you so gleeful i was like oh glee um, the rachel berry of drag yes i am i was like oh that is cute um but if you were ever on a plane, though, and someone stood up and said what he does and stuff, would you stay on the plane or would you get off the plane? I'd stay on the plane because fuck that. Like, the, 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 the reality of the situation is, I approach these things quite logically. The only reason that we are all scared of planes going down is because it's so abnormal. Like, it's news when a plane goes down. It's not news when a plane doesn't go down. So there's probably, like, I don't know, I'm not a fucking airplaneologist, so I don't know how many flights there are a day. But let's hazard a guess and say there's like 10,000 flights a day. One plane goes down every like six months. Like there's way more successful plane flights than there are um, unsuccessful plane flights. So I would, if I, if I was on a plane and someone started freaking the fuck out, got up and was like, that plane's gonna go down, bleh, and got, ran off the plane, I'd be like, that person needs to seek psychological treatment. I, I, I probably wouldn't be quite affected. I'd be like, can I get to my destination, please? Um, I don't think I think I'd stay right where I was What about you Lola? Um, I, I don't know I feel like There'd be part of me that, Like I want to go I want to stay And I don't know whether I'd just be like Yeah I'm going to go Just because I'm like I think I'd fear, fully start To be that one Be like what if he's right? What if he's right? What if he's... and think the worst of it all? But like you, you know say, what? Like... It would depend. It would depend on how much I'd spent on the ticket. <laughs> yeah, if it was if it was an expensive ticket, you're like I'm saying. There. If it was a cheap ticket, you're like okay, right, we might have just go. If it's a if it's a if it's a Ryanair ten pound flight to London six times a day, I'll get the next one. But if it's like a five hundred pound ticket to Florida, I'm like, honey girl, I'm going down with that five with that five hundred pound. I don't give a fuck. I think though that is thing like you say there um, one plate goes down in like over thousands and thousands and I, 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 I could be wrong I think it's people say that you're more likely to get like um, run over by like a cow or something yeah than like be in a plane crash because like they're very very a, a rare thing to to happen yeah um, but I think something that sets this movie um, apart from a lot of things and it, it works very, very well with is all the sounds and the music and how it kind of sets the scene and builds the tension um, very well yeah. with it all. It's very, it's very effective and very atmospheric. Um, it really, I think, um, because at the end of the day, yes, I've just explained that, I won't explain lol, people can feel however they want about it. I've just said my perspective about like how I feel about these kind of things and like those kind of fears. But at the end of the day, we all have those um, irrational fears and we all have the fear of being in a situation that we can't control. That's probably one of the most human things um, is the fear is, a, is the fear of losing control. And I think actually that's what these movies kind of all are about, really, um, is not having control over 
your life and your, your the, what, what's going on. So I think um, it's a completely, not only is it a completely normal thing, but it's also very easy to get, to be able to put yourself in, the sh- in that situation, uh, like mentally, like thinking about being in that situation. And I think that the movies are very effective at like kind of transporting you there, um, especially because they're such, obviously the other movies with a uh, um, pile up on the motorway and a roller coaster and uh, all that stuff. They're very um, common things, so you can you can absolutely relate to them. And I think that the movies are very very effective at uh, making them relatable with the uh, sound effects and the and the lighting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I would say the acting can sometimes be a bit questionable, but that that that's the case for most um, horror movies, to be honest with you. I think it is because like you, you get all those ones where they kind of pick the people that aren't so well known just so they can take them on and kill them off. That that happens a lot. Um, I think there's only one of them, like you say, that isn't maybe as relatable. Um, and that's yeah. probably number yeah the fourth Four. film because it's the race track. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd ever be at a a race track. That might just be because. That might just be because we're fags, though. I don't know. Yeah, it could be because I'm like, no, that's a sporting event. I don't think that's yeah. a sporting event. I'd like to be at. Heterosexual listeners out there, sound off and let us know. Do you go to a racetrack on a on a, <laughs> on a consistent basis? Is that your wee, Is that your Saturday afternoon John? Like, just going to go down the racetrack for a while? Yeah. No. I think. Well, side note, I actually think that's probably why the fourth one is like quite unquestionably the weakest. Yeah. It also, I, I think it's funny because it was meant to be like the final destination um, before they obviously made another one and stuff like that. So it's kind of weird to. To yeah. get to that part of it, um, I think as well. Like the good thing about the a lot of them is they do have a lot of like diverse groups of people. Like no one is mm-hmm. kind of the same and stuff like that. And obviously, as the films progress, you get like um, different people and stuff and all that. And it. so it's a good like chance to see it from different perspectives of how people would react from it. Mm-hmm. I felt like the first one, obviously, it was a um, kind of like different group of people. There was lots of different kinds of characters in it but I felt like because the first one was like a school trip yeah um that really like well obviously when I first watched this film I was at school and it very much put me in mind of I don't know if this is something that you you had um at your school Lola but for me like from first to third year there was like these school trips and like some people would like I'll go on the trip to London or they'd all go on the trip to France or they'd all go on the trip to play a drum and safari park that was always me because I had no money um like things like that so I always was thinking about like my school trip of like all like my 13 and 14 year old friends when we were like third year going all the way to France and it being like the equivalent of that. So I guess the first one just by the the kind of structure of it, like would be a bunch of people who are all the same age. I feel like the second one's probably the most diverse group, which makes the most sense. But I feel like the first one very much leans into the trope of it all being like young adult teen characters minus the teacher. Um, But they all do obviously deal with it differently. I think the first one, like, it's just because of how it's set and where it works. It is, the, it is a lot more younger, but I think as well that's what they try and do at first to see if things work. A lot of horror films yeah. are all the young people trying to, like, either escape a killer or all this and stuff. It's yeah, not like until the, you, the tropes are like a teen slasher. Yeah, it's not until you get to things like The Conjuring and stuff that are, that are a lot more serious. Yes. It's not, not that these films aren't serious, but when you get to ones like that that are a lot more serious horror and stuff like that, you kind of get to the part of when it's more just adults 
adults or they use like children as such because that's how yeah. they really love it to it um but yeah i did have air uh, trips and that i remember going to to france um however i didn't go on a plane i went on a bus um, and not a bus I, I remember like on the bus on the full pack bus and you had to sit beside it was, it was like the, an uncomfortable journey I, I think we were actually in paris um because you went to like paris for like you went on like the friday and you went to like paris for like saturday sunday and then you went to the south of france um for to, like the friday Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I think it was Paris we were leaving to go to in the south of France and uh, I remember like sleeping with my legs like really up the window because like someone had moved and I was like oh my god it was it's see for a tall gal it's not a, a fun journey not the sleeping and traveling on a bus but um it, it was like oh a school wee trip moment but um yeah like it's one of those things I think you can relate to in that sense because you are just mm-hmm. at that point so I've been in school it's a harder um part of it no i was just gonna say like obviously these movies probably could not have been executed with like a cast of 14 year olds although i'm sure that's something they could maybe do in the future if they wanted to kind of go in that route but i think horror movies tend to stick to like 18 to like 25 year olds as like their victims of choice yeah i was also going to say as a small gal i'm always good at sleeping on buses I, I don't know that's the part I'm like something like when I bought my new car I was like it's a bigger car so it's like it's like higher up and I was like yeah I'm fine like the leg stretching the leg room I was like oh people can sit behind me in the car now the chair's not that far back because I'm like yeah I've got long legs yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like oh yeah. I always felt bad for that because people would get in the car and I'd be like I'm really sorry um, I would sit on the other side why because um, you might not fit right behind me because um, the chair's so far back because like I need my legs um, but yeah. obviously like he panics over the littlest things like the table falling and all this stuff which is kind of weird because he then starts to go into this like mentalness of like these tiny wee things and you're like oh the table broke let's go it's just a table and stuff but obviously he has the full entire vision to then make him like that um, obviously they get they get off of the the plane they yeah. cheat they cheat death uh because the premonition that he happened that he had that everyone would die and the plane would go down came true except that he wasn't on the plane and neither were his classmates and after that they go and they try to live their lives the best they can um without it but um he keeps having these weird dreams and these weird like seeing things move and stuff like that that um he ends up then getting framed, um, kind of by death in a way, for the deaths of people because they end up thinking it's him the whole entire time and it's not actually yeah. just happening um, because they were... This was also, I think this was the only movie where they did that. And I remember, I think this was the only movie in the, in the series where there was, like, death trying to, like, not just kill them, but, like, also kind of pin it on the person who had the premonition. I feel like that's something they dropped in the later movies. Yeah, now, Maybe thinking, wrong. now thinking about it, like the second one they don't try and frame her, the third one they don't, um, the fourth one. I think the fourth one it's only um like towards like the end of it, they start to mm-hmm. kind of try and um kind of gets pinned for it, but then and then in the fifth one it's more someone else that's trying to frame someone else for it to try and yeah clear his name. Um yeah. but he there is many, many deaths in this um film that are kind of iconic um, especially when the girlfriend of one of the guy that's kind of like fighting with him on the plane and stuff um, this is my favourite one she can't take it anymore and she's like fuck this and steps onto the road and gets smacked by a bus I've never been so gagged watching this 
Um, and I think that's the thing when it gives you some of them, but the, the element of surprise. Some of them, obviously, you see the build up to, but um, like that one, you don't see coming because she literally just walks out and just gets hit with the bus. Um, which I, th- I think that's the thing. They are relatable. A lot of the things, like the way that obviously there's some deaths that are um, a bit far fetched and whimsical, like the teacher dying and um, everything happening, like things are in too many places. That was over the top as anything. What an error. Yeah. There's so like, many. That definitely was too much. There's so many like that, but there's ones like this, like say there's a bus, like you could actually, if you weren't paying attention, walk out onto the road and get hit by a bus. Like obviously it was just very perfectly timed for the bus and hard to walk out, but obviously that's the way the film was meant to be. Um Well, I like it because the, the thing with the thing with the, these movies is the premise, well, especially for the ones after this one, but um but for this one as well, the whole thing is you go into it knowing that everyone is going to die and that everyone's going to be killed in that order. Unless, obviously, in future developments we see, you know, they can do certain things to, like, maybe kind of prevent it or skip or whatever. But, like, you know the next person is going to die. So that person has, like, so much tension around them just whenever they're in a scene. Because anything could be the thing that kills them. Because as we see in the series, you know, it could be as extreme as with the teacher, where every single possible thing that could go wrong went wrong. With the vodka and the fucking knives and the fucking this and the next thing versus... You know, the characters are having a conversation, all of them, where nothing seems like it's going to happen. And suddenly, boom! Because I think that's probably one of the best, like, shock instant deaths in horror history when, when she got ran over by that bus. Because I think I think those deaths are the most effective when the scene lulls you into a sense of security. And then suddenly, it's, oh, it's, it's dead. I think... It's that moment where you think, okay, you've you've prepared yourself for something to happen and then it doesn't. So you're like, you kind of at the same time are disappointed, but like you say, it's much better because you're like, you've set yourself up for this and it doesn't happen. And then it does happen. So you're like, oh, mm-hmm. you kind of get taken by surprise. Even in like other supernatural films, it just happens. Yeah. You're like, you suspect it's happening, it doesn't. And then it happens. Like that, I think that's the better shock value because it gives you that unsuspectedness of... It because you're like you've suspected it and it didn't but then it does mm-hmm. um, exactly that kind of like double double bait and switch really i, I, I really like the deaths like that in this series obviously I like them a lot more than the other yeah so, um yeah. obviously um has um has sorry her boyfriend is the the one that was fighting them um, and they kind of obviously the film goes on the teacher dies and a big like we say a traumatic and very over the top death um, which I think there's mm-hmm. a part in that that's very stupid because it's I, I feel like it's a 101 if you ever get stabbed or anything like that don't pull the knife out and he pulls don't the knife pull out. out I'm like you yeah. pull the knife out but also see if you're sitting there thinking they're going to frame you you've just put your hand on that knife that was inside oh yeah I was like you're really not doing well here you're doing a bit daft a bit um, no. a bit silly um, no not like, literally it's so silly like people need to think that's what they need to do. They need to think. The one, the one, the one, the one death that, like, I remember watching this movie that really traumatized me was the one in the shower, because uh, where obviously that that guy's taking a shower basically, and then he slips and he strangles himself on the shower line, um, or some something like that, um, and and is unable to free himself. I think things like that, like, I think there's a lot of deaths in this movie that kind of like happen in the house or happen like in a in an area that's supposed to be kind of safe or an environment that's safe. I think that's what these movies do, especially, is that they really find the horror in the safe things. Like, because in a lot of horror movies, it's like you're being chased through a fucking, you know, horrible 
trapdoor filled house by a madman with a knife. It's very over the top. Whereas like this is like, you know, you fall and you break your neck, fucking coming out the bath. And it's like things like that. I think I think they're kind of like making making the horror like something you can just that you can just have happen to you in the most innocuous of situations is very effective. I think it's because they are getting into you thinking, do you know what? It's like you're thinking it's cool, they're safe here, they're they're fine here, this is a place where nothing could go wrong and then everything does go wrong for them. So they, mm-hmm. they are building and breaking down that um wall or you're like you feel the safe and securityness of that moment, but you're like, nah, it's gonna happen here. Um but like you say, this one mm-hmm. does a lot in the house and stuff like that. Um obviously um her boyfriend is um being an asshole and he tries to kill them all by like driving them onto the track and then um, we see that it was kind of more just like the fear getting to him because he doesn't want to actually die at that moment because he then starts to panic when he can't get out and the train's coming and the train's gonna get him um but obviously we um he gets out the car just in that split of a, a a nick of time um for it but then I feel like comes up one of those moments that is um like a, an iconic moment too but it's the the one where um I can't remember his name in the film it is Stifler from American Pie <laughs> I can't remember his name in the film for this <laughs> um but when he gets um his head kind of taken off by the little like shard of metal um Mm-hmm. that kind of sticks out because it's like the one wee thing that you don't think he's in he's in that place at the right time for that to happen to him um i was gonna say because when the the one that's been an arsehole gets saved that's the first time in the series that someone skips death cycle and doesn't get killed which is a major thing in the series is the whole concept of like death's designing you're all going to die in the order that you were going to die originally um unless you're able to, to to skip and it moves on to the next person. So then obviously his head gets cut off. To be honest with you, I, I, that, that probably is a death in this uh, film that maybe aged the worst, um, just in terms of like, I don't know, it's, it's a bit unmemorable. I think the other ones are all a lot better. Yeah, I think that's one that involved a little bit more CGI and a little bit more yeah. work to it than some of the other ones. Um, but obviously it's funny too because quite a lot of the time in the films and at that precise one as well, like is one of them where he is then shouting to Carter to go die, go die, like you should die because you are the next person and then he dies and you're like, oh, all the people that have told people to go die have ended up just dying themselves. Um, So it's kind of like a a tongue in cheek moment that kind of stands out from it. Um, But obviously, um, you have the big part outside the house of the electrocution um, happens and he survives and the three of them end up making it all the way to Paris and they're, they're sitting there, they're thinking it's cool, they've skipped it but then he just has this moment where he thinks that um, it's not over and um, it actually turned out that he got it wrong and um, he wasn't the, the, the next person because the order was slightly mixed up um, because mm-hmm. someone had moved seat and um, so he was actually still next to actually get killed um, and then it kind of just went back round and you see that moment where the sign comes down and um, hits him and then it ends um, I think it's sad that you didn't get to see like him continue on in the series which is maybe he mm-hmm. didn't want to do it and things like that but um, to be a main character like him and then not come back again you're like Okay. I feel yeah. I feel like there. Um, I feel like probably the biggest problem with this series is the lack of anyone 
going from one movie to the next that only happens on one occasion well technically two but it happens really only on one occasion and i think that's a real big missed opportunity not necessarily that like you know they had to have you know um whatever his face is, Alex, um, surviving all of the movies or, like, being a continuous protagonist. But I feel like because it's such a foregone conclusion when you start the movie that they're all going to die, it kind of becomes kind of hard to root for them at some points because, especially in the later films, you know that there's really no way for them to get through this. And even if they do make it to the end, well, they're not going to make it to the next movie. Um, so, like, obviously, when, when, when Carter gets killed and then Alex and Claire survive... And then they they obviously make it to the end of the film and they, they survive the film. I feel like they their characters probably aren't handled as well moving into the sequels. Um, and I feel like I, if there was one thing that I wish this series probably did a lot more of, as well as with all the great creative Cody Kills, is if it had um, more kind of continuity of people surviving and being able to like actually cheat the system and be able to like even if it end, even if it is like you know they become a main character in the next one and then die in that one and a more significant way than what we end up getting. I think I would like that a bit more. I think everyone dying kind of just makes it kind of like, why even bother watching the movie? Yeah. Especially the third and fourth ones, I think, suffer from that quite a bit. I think that's the thing with some films, like, if you already know they're all going to die, it kind of becomes a predictable sense of you're like, well, they're going to die by the end of it. Like, is there a point yeah. in watching it because you know they're all going to die? Like, because yeah. like obviously obviously with like slashers there's the final girl final girl structure and with most horror movies you know they follow kind of a formulaic kind of structure with like all the fucking um people who have sex are gonna die and the, the job's gonna die and all this stuff and that's that's all well and good but i think because this film has like a, a structure where it's like everyone's going to die and they're all going to die in a specific order so you just have to basically watch them all try to not die and then die eventually. It's like the kills have to be at such a creative level to offset the predictability. Um, and I think they try to overcome this in different ways in different uh, different um, sequels where they're like, oh, you can cheat death by this, you can cheat death by that. But none of them really pay off in a way that actually, like, I, to be honest with you, these, fil- these films are camp trash. They're not trying to be like highbrow, like, like storytelling or whatever but i do think that like the characters would be a lot better if they had more time to develop over the course of multiple movies and i think that is a missed opportunity they only kind of do it and they kind of take little bits and bobs with them the number 180 a lot but i think the thing as well is they don't have that sense of like continuity with connecting the films as much they obviously yeah. in the end the one part i do like about it is that it kind of goes full circle and like the yeah. the, the end of yeah. the last film well the last film that's out and um, becomes the crash in the first film so it kind of all loops back around and there's parts in the last film that are like well this happened to this person from this this film and that and that kind of like sit where there's a lot of the rest of it it's kind of just like oh it's just another accident they're kind of like some of them are just like standalone films rather than being that just happen to have the title on top of it yeah, because the first one in the series that I ever watched uh, when I was first young to be watching it was the third one. And I was like watching it being like, oh, I would have loved to like kind of like, I remember watching it being like eight years old, being like, oh, there'll be like these old, these these characters. Because I loved Wendy. She was my, my boo. And I would have loved to have like, I went into one and two thinking she was going to be in it or at least be referenced. Um, but then at most what you get in the series basically is that they referenced the previous accidents. Um, and the 180 and stuff like that. But like, because I know in the third film, they talk about the crash, they talk about the pile up. And I, 
to be perfectly honest with you, I can't remember if they talk about the other disasters in, in the fourth one, and obviously they can't in the fifth one. So um, there's that, but I, I, and obviously the second one does have the connections to the first one. It's the only one that does actually have a returning character. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know if I would have liked it to have been more connected than it was, or if I'm happy with it being standalone, like kind of anthology style. Um, disasters I'm not sure I would have maybe liked if it had been all more a bit more connected but then maybe that would kind of affect the the realism in air quotes because you know imagine being one character who goes through five disasters in a fucking trot um, kind of thing so I don't know I do think though as well it's one of those things where you kind of just are like <clears throat> like you see, if if they were to be in them all, it maybe would be a bit too far fetched and whimsical because you're like, okay, you've done it once, you've done it again. Like, is this just yeah. happening? Like, um, to me, all the I think time. has that problem. Um, like get onto like the fifth scream and like that poor girl. Oh, I I I, I have said this. Um, I think before on a few of these and stuff. Um, or I might not have. I might just in general said it. If all three of them survive, if Gail, Dewey, and Sydney all survive, scream. Five, then I'll be like, well, not Scream Five. It's just called Scream. It's the fifth mm. one in the series, but it's just called Scream. I know how how um how well thought out and how how inventive call the film. I think that's annoying thing when that happens yeah. when people just keep calling it like, do you know what? Add a number or call yeah. it something because yeah. it can then become confusing if you're ever talking to someone or trying to like not even sell it to someone else, but trying to like talk to public. Like, oh, go watch this. Have you watched it? Or do you want to watch this? And you're like, oh, but then I've seen that. You're like, no, you've saw that one. This one's called Halloween. You've this seen, one's called Halloween. Scream two thousand and whatever, not Scream two thousand. You know what I mean? It's like fucking shut yeah. up. Give it a subtitle. And then there's also that part where you could be like, well, are you talking about Scream the movie? Or are you talking about Scream by Lola Fierce? Like, you never ever know. You just got to work it out. <laughs> Scream the TV show on MTV. That was... Um, that was that, the struggle bus. Remember that? Yeah, that was that was something I feel we should take a moment to just let the tumbleweed roll by for... It's just... Um, it's a Diabolic. lot. Diabolic. Um, and and one day, one day, everyone, we will actually have an episode that's fully dedicated to Scream because everyone's probably going. You you talk about it nearly in every episode, but we've never done an episode on it yet. Don't worry, mm-hmm. that day will come. It will. Don't panic. Um, but the set we we move on to the second film, which is um the car crash, the pickle up. Um, I feel this is one that's much more a chance where you could have escaped it because, like, yes. do you know what? If you were in an accident, you kind of have more. You have more control in this one than you did in the last one because you could yeah. be driving down and you could like drive as much as like the thing is. I almost think if I was ever to be in that situation, you're kind of like, do you know what? See as much as this thing is. See if you obviously in America they're maybe slightly different, but unlike the motorways here, they have like the barriers in the middle. It's like see mm-hmm. the thing is, see if you just crashed into the barrier, it's probably easier because then you'd be like, then you would take yourself out the equation and stuff like that. Obviously, probably someone then still would have happened and it would have thing me, but there there is probably like, more ways for them to survive. You could have like jumped and things like that. Yeah, there, 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 there like legitimately is more ways to survive in a car crash in a car crash than when you're behind the wheel than when you're at ten thousand feet in a plane. Because when you're ten thousand feet in a plane, there's legitimately nothing you can do. Whereas like in a car, you can get out the car, you can swerve the thing, you can, you know, you can make decisions in that moment. Obviously it's in the moment, heat of the moment decisions that maybe not might not be the most thought through ways to survive or maybe not even being instinctual because you know there's so many 
two-ton metal fucking demons on the on the road with you, but you can still make more choice. You have more agency in that situation to survive it. Um, I was actually going to say that I think the, the disaster from the second film is probably the one that has the most cultural impact. I feel like I've heard a lot of people um, over the years talk about the car crash pileup from um, the second film. And I think that uh, films that kind of feature these things, I think it has like the kind of like the Jaws effect where like fear of sharks happened, like became so much more um, kind of, major thing in cultural consciousness because of Jaws I think like people being so scared of like car crashes obviously they're scary but like I think people uh, kind of got more kind of thingy about car crashes because of this this film and how bad the pile up is because um, like well I personally don't drive um, but you drive Lola hashtag Lola drives coming to a, a, podca- a podcast near you when we're like back in clubs again like you drive, so I wonder what your perspective is on it, and in, in the sense of like, does watching it give you the absolute fucking fear? I would, I would say like, it doesn't give me the fear as such. Maybe now because I've been in one, so it doesn't mm-hmm. maybe as such like um, give me the fear because I'm like, do you know what? Like, yeah, obviously in the film it is a lot more like bigger and thingy. I do always have the fear. The one thing I'll say that some does give me the fear of like car car driving wise is um, the policeman. When mm-hmm. the metal poles fall mm-hmm. off the top, mm-hmm. every time I'm behind a metal van, I think, "Oh my god, if that fell off, it would just go right." Through. I'm like, "No." So I don't like driving behind vans. Oh, um, yeah. Apart from that, um, I would say I, I'm okay with it, but that's probably because I've been in a car crash once in my life. I'm like, it doesn't give me as much fear because I've lived through one. So I'm like, yes. Um, I, th- I think for me, like, as someone who doesn't drive and as someone who's obviously been in other people's cars before, watching that, like, it's, like, everything possible. Like, with a plane, you have no control. On a roller coaster, you have no control. At the racetrack, lol, pfft, you have no control. And then out on a bus and a bridge crash, like, bridge going down, you have no control. But, like, the car crash one is, like, everyone in that situation does have a modicum of control um, to be able to fix it. And I think I think that is maybe what makes it the most scary and why it probably does have the most cultural relevance is because most people can relate to being in a car and most people can relate to the experiences of, like, what's going on in that situation obviously maybe not to the extent um, that happens because it gets quite ridiculous but like I'm pretty sure like like my mum personally like my mum doesn't drive in the cities and my mum won't drive on the motorway because she's really scared of things like that happening and I think it's a very common thing to be scared of and I think that the movie plays on that very well I think that's the thing it's the most relatable of them all because yes. not everyone not everyone has been on a plane not everyone has been on a roller coaster or goes on roller coasters um not like you say no one not everyone goes to race car tracks and I mean probably everyone has probably been on a bridge at some point but there, there could be things where you could live in a town that maybe doesn't involve bridges you might live on an island I, mean, I can't really think of that many times I've been across like going across an absolutely massive bridge like that yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say there's been... I'd say the only time I ever, like, go across a massive bridge like that is ever if I go, like, the wrong way back from Dundee, where there's, like, <laughs> a wrong bridge that takes you from, like, one side to... I'm, like, apart from probably that one, um, no, I haven't... I haven't also, those, those bridges are quite... Well, we'll get there eventually, but those bridges are quite uniquely American in a way that I yeah. can't really relate to. Uh, yeah. That style of bridge. Um... But obviously, like we said, there, there's not often that um, people live through to another film, but um, Claire lives through to be in this film. Um, yes. But she doesn't make it to the third film. Um, I kind of get confused because I'm like, she wasn't part of the of Death Design in this film because she wasn't in the car mm-hmm. crash. 
Um, obviously, she missed death the first time, so she was on still their radar. Um, I guess you could say. And I, do you think that she should have been killed off, or do you think she maybe could have survived again to a third film? I I think that if she didn't survive to the next film, then someone should have because or pardon me, but like no one no one from this film appears in the third film. Um, and I think that again is a missed opportunity. I think if there was only two films and it was stopping right there, yeah, it's fine to kill off Clear. And I think there's obviously a problem where there's so many like I feel like with these kind of films, they don't really know how many they're gonna make. It's just kind of like, is it successful enough to make another one? Sure. Um, so I feel like they don't really have a lot of attention paid to the overarching plot. I do enjoy that um, Claire came back. I don't particularly like the way that Alex was killed off off screen by a falling brick. I think that's probably the lamest death in the entire series. Come on, something a little bit more cool could have happened. Um, and I also think that more could have been done with her character. Like obviously there was a transformation from the way she was before, but like how many years after is it set the, next, the second one from the first one? Like two or three years? I think it's only year. like a year or two, I think. If Either I'm... way, if you had been evading death every day of your life for two years or something, like you would you would be like a complete nutcase. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I just I, I think that she she also didn't really get the most like, enough time. like yeah, she didn't get enough time to develop in the second one, but also I don't feel she really got that most exciting death. In the film, no, kinda... her, her death was pretty shite actually. Yeah, it actually didn't even seem like she was meant to die there. It was like but, the other guy, yeah. Um, she just happened to be there, which is, I feel like she was just one of those that was kind of just a um, a knock on effect from one person dying. Um, I would say probably one of my like favorite deaths in this film is um, when he chases the birds. In, oh my god yes and, and it kind of just like totally like breaks nope. some so this this scene like um comes right after so this character who's next to die is in like the dentist's office and like i said before th- these films really play with like the tension of knowing that person's next so everything possible that could be going wrong in the dentist these big scary fucking needles these big scary scalpels the bloody bloody plugs going nuts the fish bloody whatever darla from finding nemo teas all that stuff and then he survives it and you're like oh my god thank fuck and he sees the birds and he goes woofed and then what happens? A giant plane of glass flattens him like a pancake. So it's like playing with that bait and switch of like you think he's going to get absolutely like sliced open in the gums only for him to survive all that just to die from birds flying. Yeah. It's things like that. Um, and I, I think I think that death is pretty, pretty effective as well for the same reason that the bus one was in the previous film. Because like you say, you do survive. I think as well, though, it would have been a quite lame had he just like choked on the, the fish. Um, but I also yep. don't understand why he could just take the fish out of his mouth. Like, girl, he was having he was having the struggle bus. He was having a moment. I'm like, you could you probably could have moved in some sense of way. But I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah. L- L- Lola's telling us right now that she's all very talent. She's very talented with her tonsils. Oh no, I don't like the dentist. Not a fan of it. Not a fan of needles. So I'm like, no, not it's not a it's not a place for me. Um, Obviously, though, kind of rewinding slightly in a sense, uh-huh. the first person to die after the accident is um, the motorcyclist. Um, what I find funny about that is the 
he obviously like his house goes on fire and he gets his hand caught in the sink because he's watchful. Oh, down that it. one always maybe. Um, and then he goes down the fire escape and he the ladder is not going down. Um, and he goes to climb down it and it it jerks and he falls off. Um, what I find really funny is the fact that the ladder falls down. It nearly hits him in the face and he just lies and goes. Oh, it's okay. It doesn't move. I'm thinking I would like move it away, but he literally does. And that I always think what's funny is um in that moment, obviously the outside corner of the ladder hits him in the eye. Oh god. But he told like if he'd moved over the slight thing, he might have just survived the tiniest bit. I think he was just at that point where he's like, Do you know what? Is that's you know, it's just one of them things where it's like you've survived three or four different things in the house. You just give up, don't you? You're just like, oh, okay, oh well. Also, maybe maybe it gagged him in that moment too much for him to be able to move. But it, there's so many things like that in this series where it's like, if you just if you just did something, you'd be fine. Why not doing anything, silly, yeah. silly bitch? It's so many like there's like like I say that one like if you had moved over probably just the slightest inch to the left, yeah. you would have survived because there's the gap from the floor mm-hmm. to the first bar. You would have survived. It would have been fine, but. Um, he doesn't, and you're like, okay. But then I suppose if he didn't, then you wouldn't get those iconic moments where it hits him in the face. Um, exactly. I think um, that this is the first film in the whole entire series um, where you get to, I, I, not a meet death as such, because you meet death in all the films, but you meet the person that kind of, they relate more to being the like physical being of death, which is mm-hmm. the... Um, the coroner in the film, who is a very iconic um, horror icon because he is more formally known as the Candyman um, in the Candyman films. Um, So you kind of, I think that's a good thing too. You pick someone that is already known as like a a figure of death in horror because he is much more of like a a mythical kind of being as such. because you're like, he is that mm-hmm. mythical being of the Candyman and then he is this kind of person here. But um, I think he just also gives this good, like, like character, like, development because you see him from each films and he's kind of, like, still there. So he's probably the only person that appears in more films than anyone else. <laughs> yes. From the mall, but um, he's never actually ever in an accident. Um, another wee one that is... Um, an iconic death in it, but which kind of, I wouldn't say it scares me, I've had an airbag go off in my face before, um, mm-hmm. but I would say the airbag death is um, a lot. Quite iconic. I would say that, I would say that the, the death where she gets like, um, with, the, with the, obviously she's getting cut out of the car, that death, oh my God, so iconic, but um, that one where she obviously puts her fucking head through the pipe is so unbelievable, like that, that well, unbelievable in a good way, that one is like one of the most like, not satisfying, you know what I mean, it's just one of the most iconic deaths from the series where that happens, like that is, oh that gives me the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. I think it's because it is one of those, again, like you thought she was going to get it and then she didn't. Yeah. Well, the thing is, this film actually, this film actually has one of my favorite deaths as well, where it's the complete opposite, where it's like you know it's coming and it's agonizingly painful and slow to watch, where that woman has been decapitated by the lift. Um, that that death is one of my absolute favorites because it's like such a, like a slow and painful, excruciating experience, and there's nothing that can be done. It's like very different from all the other deaths, which are like, and it's dead, as opposed to this one where it's like 
there's not, no help in this for women. Yeah, there's because obviously they're always trying to rush to save them, save each other, but like there's nothing that could be done. Yeah, because obviously there's a few of them like you see, like you could, you someone could have helped you. There's some way you could have done it, but the minute that door shuts and she's stuck, there's literally nothing that she can um, possibly physically do to like escape it, which is a, a kind of um, sad part to that one. Um, yeah. On on that like kind of like in topic. If, there, if you were ever in like a, a kind of situation like that, do you, do you think you can truly change something like that happening? Like if, if you were ever in a moment and you were like a final destination, do you think you could change something like that from happening? I think in the world of final destination, fate is going to be fate. And unfortunately, the, 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 the whole point of these movies is that they're trying to escape their fate and they're trying to cheat death and they're trying to... Because they've already cheated death the first time because they're all meant to die in the original things that happened to them and then they don't. And then because of that, they're cursed for the rest of their life. And to be perfectly honest with you, I feel like in those kind of situations, would you rather end up like, um, like Claire and you're spending your entire rest of your waking days terrified of everything because anything could be the one thing that's meant to kill you and your life's miserable or just dying the thing that was meant to kill you in the first place. Because honestly, all the deaths that happen in the initial disasters, yeah, they're all quite fucked up and gory and traumatic and whatever, but they're all quite quick. Whereas I feel like all of the deaths that end up happening afterwards, with the exceptions of things like, you know, glass glass pain to the head or uh, being hit by a bus, they're all like extremely painful. Like a lot of the characters kind of know they're dying and it's like ext- just living in a state of panic so I feel like if I was in that kind of situation I'd probably just embrace the fact that you know oh well we're dying um and try and not fight it so excessively the way they do like life's great and all but like to the to the way that they they're like we cannot they they are too much for me they're all too much for me um I, I couldn't be hacking the the lifestyle of like spending my entire day terrified that I was about to die just not for me that's the thing like you do get like scared sometimes like maybe if you don't like going to like the dentist or going for like a, a jack or something like that, like you get scared of that so like imagine living your life like every single day with that fear of oh, what this happens what that happens you would have to live with the fear of the unknown because you wouldn't know what was going to happen like you wouldn't yep. know what it was going to be you wouldn't know whether it was going to be the now and 10 minutes and 10 days and like whatever um, which is kind of like what you live with the unknown of when it's ever going to happen but living with the fact of knowing that it's going to happen something soon and it's someone's out to get you and mm-hmm. you're kind of like hmm I don't know the thing is that is reality because at the end of the day we could all die doing absolutely anything we could I, I, I could get up out of my bed and I could fall and trust my ankle and hit my head off my side side my side table and die or I could you know be crossing the road and get run over and I could die any any day any minute of any day from now till die of old age you know we absolutely don't know the future and we don't know what's going to happen to us and we all kind of have these things the problem obviously the things that they would be experiencing is not only knowing that you know because we all we all have to contend with that with the fear of the unknown and not knowing what's going to happen to us and not knowing where we're going to die and how we're going to die and all this kind of stuff and i think that actually paralyzes a lot of people with fear because they just don't know and they're scared um to do things because what if it goes badly i know a lot of people who are like too scared to get to learn to drive in case they you know because they're scared they might get in a car crash or they're too scared to fly or too scared to walk more coasters and all these different things even when it's extremely unlikely that these things will happen because they could and um i think the characters would i think it would be one of the most mentally traumatizing and mentally um kind of draining ways to be to live your entire life because knowing that 
any single thing you do could be the thing that kills you because that's true for all of us but they it's up to 11 for them because you know they they know what's coming yeah we we obviously know that we're going to die one day but we're not necessarily thinking you know i'm about to unscrew this i am through extra not sponsored and choke on the cap do you know what i mean whereas they wouldn't be they'd be too scared to fucking do it in case they died from it i think that's the thing like you say like everyone's living with that unknown factor but they are not they are living with that unknown factor but also the knowing factor of like that if that pair if everyone else has died in this then i'm going to be the next person so you're kind of living with the knowing it's going to happen but the unknowing of how it's going to happen so i think that would be much worse because you'd be like yeah well i don't know but i wouldn't want to and I, i think what's funny about this is and every single film is the same like they try to cheat death design but it always gets you in the end and I think that's where like it comes back to the thing of like if it's your fate to happen it's going to happen like if it does it doesn't like this is all the world works Um, and I think what is funny with the end of this film is um, how you get the unexpected um, when they go for the barbecue and then someone's Mm -hmm. like well um, your brother helped us um, helped someone in the car and you're like what there's another person in this equation of in people and then i do think that's a funny moment when the barbecue blows up and um, yeah the arm i remember watching as a child being so i remember watching as a child being so confused because i did not understand the twist um watching it again as an adult i understand the twist now but at the time i was like what 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 just happened i kind of tuned out after the pbc death when i was a child with the with the head through the thing because that was just too much I, th- I think uh, as well, this film was like um, a lot more where she they kind of have similar senses where this was a kind of similar part to the first one where she tried to kill herself in order to not not kill herself completely but she kind of tried to be at that death. point cheat at herself rather than be like trying to cheat it in a way that she didn't have to die at all like she was like if I die for a few minutes and I can be brought back like it's just I'm in the right place at the right time um I didn't really like this one as much because of how how like flash not flashback but how mm-hmm. kind of like flash moment it was like going back and forth between like the dream part but um yeah I, I, I yeah I mean I, I I think there's there's a couple of different things that they tried to do throughout the series to try and cheat death there's the obviously the one of like oh if it skips you like if you if you live if you live then death skips you and it goes on to the next person so she tries to deal with it obviously by trying to die and come back as if that will reset the cycle other people try to kill other people because it will give them the time in their out of their lives and other people at one point or is it this film actually where they think that like new life will break the cycle and someone's pregnant um no it's well someone is pregnant and this one this is the one that's where it's the the women that's i think driving. you thought like new life would, new life would fix it but then it turned out that the, the pregnant lady wouldn't have died anyway yeah this was this was this one because it's the one where um the cop like takes her and she's locked in jail and then her water breaks in jail and then they drive to the hospital and the baby is born because they think that it, the new woman's going to die while giving birth um mm-hmm. and that's why it's all a doctor and things like that but it's not it's actually um another man and that's obviously where Claire dies in the film because the yeah. room blows up. So obviously after the B twist happens, the film ends and then that's it for the second film. And then we, you move on to the third film, which we've spoken about here and there. It's The Roller Coaster. Um, not a fan of Roller Coasters, are you? I absolutely love Roller Coasters. This is my favourite film in the series by a country mile, purely because of the Roller Coaster. 
Um, I am a bit of a thrill seeker, a bit of an adrenaline junkie, and I really do love roller coasters. Um, I actually really want to just um, ride a roller coaster and drag one day. I think that'd be really funny. Yeah. Just holding my wig. I'm not not the start for me. I don't. I don't. I always kind of want to get on a roller coaster like the one they get on in the film. But then I'm like, no, mm-hmm. because I know for a, a fine fact I would get on it and then it would start and I'd go, no, get me off, get me off, don't like it, don't yeah. like it. I don't want to tap, please make it stop and I'd have to live. I've, I've, been, on, I've been on a lot of roller coasters in my life, lots of different types. I've, I've been on, you know, the ones where you're standing up. I've been on, on the ones where you're kind of thingied over here, where you're like thingied up here. Um, I, I've been to Disney a few times and absolutely love uh, absolutely love theme parks and um, amusement park rides and stuff like that. I think that's why I like this one so much um, because it does play into that very Pacero fear because obviously when you're on a roller coaster, you're absolutely terrified. Although one thing I do want to just say is, ladies and uh, gays, anyone who's listening, if a roller coaster has broken down, the next day is the safest day to go on that roller coaster because they're not going to let it happen two days in a row. So if you hear the news that a roller coaster broke down or someone got chucked off of it or something like that happened... Honey girl, buy your ticket, get there the next day, because it's going to be safe as fuck. Because they would have, like, made sure that everything was okay and everything was much better for it. Um, exactly. So the safest rides are the ones people have died on. So I'm telling you now, if I was in this film, I'd be going down to the roller coaster the day after. Being like, if yeah, I was Wendy, after every cunt died on it, I'd be going down the next day. I'd be like, right, I'm going to ride it now. You wonder, like, if... Um... Like, obviously, they don't do it later, but you wonder then if they just went on a roller coaster, like, the next day or after it, would they then be like, would everything be over? Cause, or would it just happen? Would they all die? Because they're mm. doing exactly how they were meant to die. Like, if they had all got on the next plane to France, would they have died oh, on yeah. the plane? I, didn't, I just thought of that then. As you said that, I was like, I wonder if in each of these films, like, had they got on the next plane, had they, like, driven down the motorway after it had they went over another bridge had that like all these things had they done the way they were meant to die after it like within a, like the next day the 24 hours would they have just died or would they have him um... i think so i think if they'd all been there they would all just die i think if they'd all got off that plane and all went on the next one then they would all just die in the same order in the same way i think the same thing would have happened because of its deaths because death clearly death's wishes for them all to be fucked fucked basically then if they're all in the same spot in the same time in the same thing we've seen in the movies obviously that death shoots through them like no tomorrow so i imagine if they all did the exact same thing again on the same on a different bridge or on a different roller coaster or you know the same roller coaster afterwards i think they would all just die the same way um so in real life it'd be safer but not in the world of final destination no not at all the only roller coaster i've been on like the sticky wall before um, shut up that's so funny <laughs> i've been on at Loudoun castle no at the iron brew carnival but um, oh, I, iconic. I, I said this the other week to mystify because um, we were talking about like the adam's family stuff and she was talking about like um, how she liked to tower of terror and i was like no if i ever go to i've been to Disneyland, but um i'm like no if i go to theme parks now i'm like where's the teacups sit me in the teacup come back and get me I'll enjoy that I don't mind a wee teacup the waltzers are a bit too much though that's a bit far the teacup's fine enough I can control this I I absolutely love crazy roller coasters I've I've been on like I've been to Alton Towers I've been to M&D's I was at Loudoun Castle before I got shut down in Scotland and I've been to Orlando Universal and Islands of Adventure and Disney and yeah that's all the theme parks I've been to I think and I absolutely love theme parks. I love the vlog flumes. Oh. I love I love the wee things you sit on and it's like a globe that you spin around when you're sitting in the wee chair. I love um, 
loop de loops. I love suspension ones. I used to love playing roller coaster tycoon when I was growing up at school. Um, in the aftercare, I used to sit and play roller coaster tycoon, but then not finish the coaster, so I would go flying off. So I guess I was playing my own Final Destination game myself but I absolutely love roller coasters and actually I think that's why I ended up watching this film because I first watched this film when I was like seven or eight years old and it's because it was when Blockbuster was a thing do you remember Blockbuster? Oh I remember Blockbuster don't you worry I mean I remember when this film came out like going to the library I think to watch the trailers and stuff and all that because it was literally didn't have it all at home so because I lived close to Blockbuster I used to go to this Blockbuster with my mum every like two Fridays or something like that and we used to like rent DVDs or rent like it was back in like the PS PS one PS two days. I remember going and renting Madagascar on the PS two and trying to get through it all before I had to return it in two days time. Otherwise, it was a five pound fucking late fee. But we would go and we would try and find like a movie every two weeks for us to watch um, and to rent. And I remember that one we we used to do this up until Blockbuster shut. And remember when Netflix used to mail you things in the in the yeah. in the post? Jesus Christ. Um, how I feel old um, but I um, remember that we used to do it every Halloween especially we would make sure to absolutely do it and one Halloween when I was like seven or eight years old we got Final Destination 3 because the cover of Final Destination 3 and it might be the same on your cover that you have there is the one where they're on the roller coaster and then one half of their faces is real face yep one half of their faces is real faces and the other one's the skulls yeah and my mum went that looks interesting so we got that and I was traumatised. I think that's the thing. Like the, the artworks are, um, are are very good for them all. That's one thing we can say about every one of them. Um, but this, um, I feel this is still like a, a really good one. Obviously, in this film, you have like moments where it's like pictures that kind of are not predicting, but are kind of signing their way to how um, people may or may not die. It's very like until dawn um, totems. Um, or like uh, the more recent sort of um, games from what's it? What are they called? That studio that made Until Dawn. They've got oh, these the things. Last, the last of their days. That one. I don't know. No, they made they made Little Hope and they made um, a game called Man of the Dan, which I would recommend both those games if anyone's listening to uh, who likes to play horror games. Uh, if you like to play horror games, I'd recommend those games absolutely. But I have played Until a, Dawn. I did do yeah. that game. I played that one. There's a system in those games where if you find photographs or, well, in the most recent one, it's photographs, and in the Man of Medan, it's um, nautical paintings, and obviously in Until Dawn, it's totems. If you pick them up, it gives you, like, a little premonition into what might happen. I feel like, so that, that that's what this one was. Sorry, this was the twist in this one, because obviously last one was, oh, if you die, then you can cheat. This one, there's photos that sort of alluded to how the characters were going to die so that they could make active choices to prevent it. Um, and I actually really liked that. I thought it was cool. I think it was cool because it gave you like a a different perspective on how they were trying to like work it out and things and instead of being yes. the exact same way. Um obviously one of them that um I, I'm not I'm not someone who's ever been on a sunbed, but um, the sunbed death is a those deaths uh, are iconic. Uh, that one is um that one is one of those again. I would say the sunbed one is one that is kind of like the um the elevator one where there's nothing there's you nothing can do like about it. You kind of like have to just. I remember being so traumatized watching that as a child. I was like, them poor girls. All the deaths in this one, because I was so young when I watched this, all the deaths in this really, like, I can remember all of them and they all stick out to me really, like really, really, really vividly. I think, I think there's so many in this one that are also, you get ones as well that you could have like 
avoided as well because he'd got the one at the end where he's standing on the pitch and the sign falls down and like if you why why do you stand there and watch that sign as it's coming down literally on top of your head and not move um, literally but that guy was a cunt anyway so he had it coming yeah he he did have it coming um she obviously has like uh, another and this one for the, the first thing she has like a full entire second vision um, with the the um, tube, not tube. It's not called the tube. The subway, sorry, tube mm. subway. Um, underground, depending on where you live in the world. It could I also like that this else. was the first one when the characters had like a sibling. Like I feel like the one thing that kind of happens in slasher films is they, they never really flesh out like the reality of that character's existence. Like my God, like all these people are dying, but they all have brothers and sisters and mums and dads. And I thought that this one was good because like there was like personal connection. Like it was her boyfriend that died and she didn't and her sister would have died, but her sister didn't and all this kind of stuff. Or like, well, the gag when they will look at the photo and then it's her sister because of the tattoos, is it not? Something like that. Yeah, it's her sister, sister, sister's in the same photograph, but then they think it's her sister, but it's not actually her sister that's going to die at the same our sister's because that's the bit where the horse runs and it's the big like thing with a pole yeah that rolls yeah but yeah no I really like the way no but yeah you're right this one at the end has a complete second premonition because the three of them end up so her so what I liked it because there was these four four people two protagonists and then the two of their boyfriend one their boyfriend and one their girlfriend and obviously on the on the roller coaster the boyfriend and the girlfriend of the main protagonists die so they kind of come together and they like sort of bond over it and then obviously the only other person who survives the full film is the sister and they all randomly end up on the subway and then she obviously has a premonition that that's going to happen and then obviously they all die on the subway at the end which was quite sad because i actually really liked these protagonists like more than any of the other ones like I thought this was probably the best character work that was done I think Wendy's a really good like of all of the characters like Wendy's the one that sticks out in, the head, in my head the most and I really do like her um, and I liked her sister and I liked the, the other guy even though I can't remember his name um, and I really I really did enjoy um, her as a protagonist and I would have liked to have seen her make it, make it to the end I think this was the one you were rooting for them more than any other one because you kind of were like you wanted them to like you especially because the disaster was so traumatic for them like see the first one no one he knows dies on the plane because all of his classmates get off and in the second I think so right did any of his classmates die I remember um, there's still like some classmates one of them like the brothers on the plane and stuff like that and the other teacher Um, so not every classmate does get off the plane Oh. what I mean is like it's sad but it's not the same thing as like his like BFF died or like his brother or his sister and then likewise in the pile up I'm pretty sure that there's no one related to the to the girl or that is important oh, well, to her it, to it's, it's our friends our friends die in it um, in a different way but they die and she gets out of the car and she's talking and screaming at the cop and then the cop pulls her out the way from getting hit because yeah. like the van smacks and takes her friends yeah. with her point, point being the third one was the most effective and like actually like really went into like the psychological effect of like living through one of those disasters because I don't actually think that the first film or the second film really delved into the psychological trauma that would be inflicted on being a survivor of a situation like that I think the third film dealt with survivor's guilt in a really impactful way um, obviously again it's campy shite and it's not meant to be a serious film in, in any sense of the word but I thought it's dealing with survivor guilt, survivor's guilt was really good and really effective I really enjoyed it I think it also gave you though 
it gave you that sense too, but it also gave you another picture of people like the two girls and like the guy that dies at the drive-through. Um, it gave yes. you that other perception of these people who maybe deal with a situation in a different way. So it wasn't like not every single person was traumatized the fact that they'd gotten off and they survived. Yeah, some um, of them didn't care. Some of them were like, I didn't care. They were like, they were just more happy and kind of moved on with the the life very quickly. But um. I think that was the nice thing to see those two different perspectives of people. Yeah, I feel I feel like the this film probably leans more into like the conventional slasher character, like characters, like the kind of like in the in the thing with like the the jock obviously who does that thing and it thingies his head in the gym. Um, that that was a really effective death. Obviously, sleazy Frankie and the two bimbo Ashleys. I think their name was or something like. It was like two girls with the same name, and um, one of them's blonde, one is one of them's brunette. They both have massive boobs. Like, come on, that's like the most conventional like yeah. horror horror like death you can have. Like the two of them dying in the like I mean the the, the comedy of like the two of the sunbeds while they're fucking frying to death, and then the scenes transitions to their funeral where it's the two coffins in the same place it was hilarious. Um, I really, really enjoyed all the deaths in this one. And also the nail guns through the head death, I thought was so um, like so graphic and so scary. I think this also was the only film that I can think of that like, used a song in such an effective manner with the There Is Someone Walking Behind You. Yeah, because the first film, um, the first film didn't use anything. It was more just... Um, it was like the more of the 180 thing you kept seeing all the time and stuff like that and yeah. um, the second film wasn't anything like that it, this was the thing that kind of used uh, not an object but used something to every time she like heard it it was kind of like something's going to happen it is going to happen because that, that happens I'm sure when they go through the drive through they're like yep. they feel like that song starts playing and then the song starts, starts coming down yeah um, and the guys running after the truck and then obviously the truck came um, smashes into the air car which um, shoots the um the engine out which engine out of the yes because that's the thing that's a fake out as well where you think it's them that's gonna die but it's not yeah. it's frankie um, um but that song i remember being so creeped out by that song growing up um after watching that film like that song is so that song is so scary my sister used to always make fun of me with it she would be like start singing the song and i would be like sharp carry that's so scary um i think that's the time time. Oh, sorry no you go um, I think that's one thing too about that time is I think probably the same time where like Insidious came out so it's kind mm-hmm. of like where everything in horror jumps onto a same kind of board because obviously Insidious has a song in, in it too and stuff like that so kind of that's the thing where you see horror takes on different elements but um, this is a much better film than Insidious I think like compared yeah. to like a supernatural I, I think I think the use of the song and like the, the there are someone walking behind you like turn around look at me kind of thing was just I'll I just, I really, I really, honestly think this is the best one in the series. I really do like Final Destination 3. I think it's my favourite. Uh, I think everything about it is just probably like the best executed the formula could, could be. And I think that goes, goes to show when the next one is absolutely dire. Um, but I think the um, characters are the strongest they, they've been. The deaths are all really memorable and really strong. I think maybe the only death that's a bit shite is the pull through the chest. Um, yeah. But that's like not that bad. It's just, it's just meh, that character is not that big of a deal anyway. Um, her death like actually happening is more of a gag because she exists. Um, like the 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 guy, what was the guy's name who got the thing fall on his head? He was a really like memorable like kind of like antagonist. Um, yeah, force. he was like he was like the unsuspecting like antagonist because he was the um, girlfriend who got shot in the face with the nails. Like that was her. 
um, boyfriend yeah. um, and obviously he was trying to then blame other people because he had survived and she hadn't um, but I think it is cool when you get to see like the, the girl that gets the pole through it get the pole through it because you're like you don't suspect someone else to be in a, the, the order and then someone else is in the order you're like oh okay it changes everything now and it kind of gives you that unsuspectingness that obviously the last film gave you at the very very end and this film kind of gives you towards the end but it changes out the yeah. the full entire like um thought I think it. the only thing I, ch- I would change about this film is that I really I mean the ending's like dead dark obviously because obviously they all meet up again months after the thing and they all moved on with their lives and they're like getting on with things and then they're all on the subway and they all look at each other and they go oh shit and they all die um, I think maybe the only thing I would have changed is, and it's just my personal preference, I would have liked if the three of them survived past the end of the film. Because I think the thing with everyone dying in the films, obviously it's the core premise of the of the, of the series, but I do think that it would have been nice and it would have been effective had Wendy and the guy and her sister all survived at the end. I think that would have been nice. I think it would just be a nice change to it because it would give you that, like, change of it um, but obviously like I've already said like everyone shouldn't survive every single film and if, um, yeah. if, if every single person survives Scream 5 it's going to be um, a joy to not watch because I, I think that's in this sense what we spoke about like someone being through it all is a bit far-fetched and whimsical like you said someone being in every Scream film every Scream film um has a slightly different perspective because they're in different places obviously Sydney's not really in three as much um, mm-hmm which is actually down to her schedule because she didn't have time to film the film. She only had two weeks to film. I think it was like two weeks or three weeks or something. Um, she was filming other stuff. That's all she had to film it. Um, so she had to yeah. do it in this time. Um, but I think that's the thing. Like, See, at the end of Scream, at the end of Scream 4, when she dies and the killer lives, I was like, yes. And then obviously it doesn't. It changes and goes back and... Thing me, it's like so. I feel like in these songs, it'd be like, do you know what? If someone did just live and just everything, because obviously Alex and then Kimberly had died, so it would have been nice to have just had Wendy live. Because I feel like Wendy has big final girl energy in a way that the other two protagonists didn't. Like, I feel like the I, so the thing I was actually going to say is that the um, I think Wendy's the first the characters in this film, pardon me, the characters in this film are so much better. Um, and I think it's like you get a real sense of Wendy as a character. I think like she actually seems more realistic and three dimensional and like real than Alex or Kimberly were. So like I actually was really rooting for Wendy to make it to the end, and then when she didn't, I was like, oh well, that's sad. Um, so I, I think she has big final girl energy, and I wouldn't have been mad if she'd survived the film um, compared to like it's... especially like because they could have ended the series there. To be honest, I think it's because she's relatable a lot more than everyone else. Like no, I think you kind of relate a lot more to. To her. Yeah. Um, but obviously they all die at the end of the film in the, the <laughs> subway underground tube, whatever we call it in the world. Um, they die in that. And you move on to the film, which is um the, the weakest in the series, but it's um it's funny because this is the one film that's called The Final Destination. Um so it was the film they wanted to like end it all with. And yeah. it's probably the weakest one. I remember the biggest thing was because it was in 4D. And there was all this shite about how it was going to be like, oh my, or 3D, whatever it was 3D. at the time. 3D, lol. Um, I remember like there being the whole thing about like, I think that's why they chose the disaster they did. Because it was like, oh, come to the cinema, put on the 3D glasses and watch yourself get hit with tyres and shit. But I don't think that the CGI holds up at all. Nah. 
I don't think there's many in this like film. There's not many deaths and stuff like that. It's kind of a lot more predictable than anything else. And um, I mean, obviously in this film too, he has like another whole second vision and stuff like that. And he stops the whole vision from happening because um, they have, all these people have died in that and his girlfriend and are pallet away to the shopping centre um, and they're going to the cinema. Um, I think that's the thing what, this film showed that it was kind of maybe okay was the fact that they kind of tried to draw you into that situation where you were at that point in time, which other films mm-hmm. hadn't done. Because obviously mm-hmm. if you're sitting in the cinema watching the film, you're not on a roller coaster, you're not on a plane, you're not anybody else. But obviously in this film, there was the part where they went to the shopping centre and they went to the cinema. So they were sitting in the cinema watching a 3D film. So I think that's when they tried to play that part of relatableness with you are in that moment that she is in right now. But yeah. obviously in... I th- the vision happens and um, he I think the second vision is so much I think the second vision is so much more effective than the first one the, yeah. I think that, that like her falling down into the escalator and getting like, pure chopped to bits was so much more scary because it was so much more real like I think that's where Final Destination is at its strongest is when it turns real like normal experiences into scary ones whereas like not being funny but like I've never been to a racetrack so like yeah if there's a fucking you know crash on the thing and I get my head taken off with a tyre boohoo like very sad very scary very bombastic Um, that's the word I would describe it with bombastic they really try to go over the top with it but it's so over the top to the point where it kind of like isn't in theme with the series whereas when they're at the shopping centre and everything starts going to shit at the shopping centre that's a lot more scary because like I personally like I don't know about you, but there's been times where, like, I've been on an escalator and, like, it's stopped or, like, I've been on an escalator and my shoelace has come undone and I'm, like, can I get my shoelace tied or is it going to get stuck under the thing? Or, like, I've had the fear about, like, you know, just just things. things. Escalators are scary to me, actually. Um, those, those kind of things. I feel like this movie kind of goes back and forth between extreme, over-the-top and, like, boringly asinine deaths and none of the characters are that memorable like some of them don't even have names yeah I, I think like you say the second video is much more powerful because it's so much more relatable like you say I, I would never have been to a racetrack either it's not something that I'm ever planned yeah. to ever look to a racetrack where there's you go to the cinema all the time well you go to the cinema all the time before times like now um, yeah long. but you, you would go to the cinema, you would go to shopping centres, all these things just happen, and like you see, in an escalator. Like, I, I don't know if, if someone just told me the story, but um, I always have the fear of falling on an escalator because some, um, I don't know if it happened to someone or something, but I'm um, like someone falling on like the edge of the stair, going into their knee and getting stuck in their knee or something, or whether they'd fell and it broke their knee. And I think that always gives me the fear of like, um, an escalator like that happen or like you say like your shoelace getting caught and like things like that um so there's a lot of points where that part's more relatable but it's, it's just a very boring like yeah i, I don't like think the, that it's entertaining yeah like i honestly i can't really remember a lot of the plot elements i don't remember if they tried to cheat death i don't remember all these kind of things and i didn't even like i mean obviously i've rewatched it recently and i don't even fucking remember what happened um I know, I know the, the the death where like his guts get stuck out through his butt is kind of feels like jumping the shark. To be honest, that one was a bit ridiculous. That's, um, the, in that's the pool. The, is that not the next one? No, it's in this one in the pool. It's definitely thought, in this one. I thought the pool was number. I think the pool's in this one. I'm I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, disembowel by disembowel by a pool drain. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. I got that wrong. Okay, well, I'd say that was probably the more 
um, that that was like that that was a, a moment where you might get the fear of people like panicking. But I also think what's funny is you like how no one would notice that that drain that pool was draining. Like no water was moving out faster than what he was moving out. Like yeah, I, I think that's the thing. That, that one to me, that one was just like kind of felt like jumping the shark. Like it was just like what like I was watching it and I was just like what's going on what is happening in this moment because I'm not entertained I'm not interested and I'm not I'm not having like the other thing as well is obviously there's the one where the, the girl goes to get her hair cut and it's all this stuff like oh my god she can get sliced with a fucking blah, 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 blah. and then she walks out of the shop and then a lawnmower skips a stone and kills her it's like right okay that one was like cool playing with your expectations it's the same as with the the fish and the dentists and then the, the plane of glass but I feel like that one's again so much more effective because a stone to a lawnmower like that's not cool and likewise I didn't think that the guts getting sucked out of his butt was particularly cool either I don't know why it felt homophobic I think I think it was just one of those who were kind of also like I, I feel like you couldn't believe it could happen because you're like is that Jane really that powerful is it going to be do you know what I mean like it's one of those moments yeah. it's like um, like it, it just was like a moment of like I, and also I think as well when you saw how busy that was you were like how did no one ever see this man was stuck do you know what I mean like it was um, yeah. it, it just wasn't it just wasn't a thing me and I also think as well it's like why would you have something so lucky like that like a coin beside you like when you're at a swimming pool and then like not that like yeah I, there was, was just, a lot of things in this that was just a bit stupid and I don't think the characters were memorable and I don't think I just think I think it's like the poorest execution of the Final Destination format yeah it is very much the the weaker one of the bunch um because no, like I said, Final Destination, I'm sure I've said this like plenty of times now, but Final Destination, the strength of it is in making relatable situations into bombastic horror situations, like being in the shower and suddenly you're strangling, being strangled to death, or, you know, fucking at the dentist or whatever. Um, whereas in this one, the disaster is not relatable for most people, and the deaths that then happen afterwards are not relatable either. I feel like the um, the fifth one's a lot better, but like honestly, I don't really have a lot to say about the fourth one, except that I think it was kind of a mess in all regards, and I think that's why there was such a long period of time between that one and the next one. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't my favorite because there wasn't many like deaths or anything that really stand out, and I think as well the ending is kind of lame because it, yeah, it's one of those where you are sitting there watching it like it's like a he has this little moment thinking it's going to happen and then it's like the, the van drives through the window and you're like, but then you don't even see it because it's all like this thing and you're like, well, what was the point in that? Like, to me, it's like a bad mixture of the first ending and the third ending. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, you know, with the neon sign and then obviously with the tube, it's like, oh, but they all died because they're all together and whatever. And it's just like, oh, well, like we've, I, I would have actually just rather they died in the, in the, in the, um, shopping centre like I feel like this was the first one where they tried to have like two premonitions like actually unfold and because the, the third one obviously toyed with it but she has a second premonition and then um it plays out obviously uh because she can't fix it um and I would have liked maybe if like this one maybe had like a second premonition in the middle of the film and then like they're kind of dealing with both um and like it's like it's worse because it's twofold i don't remember if this one had any like interesting ways where they were trying to cheat death i don't think there was to be honest i don't think i just don't think it developed on the formula in any interesting ways 
Um, it just sort of felt like a rehash, and it didn't, it didn't, it didn't advance advance the series. If, any, if anything, it was worse in a lot of different ways. Um, the characters were unmemorable. The acting wasn't particularly great. The special effects were kind of shit. Um, I'm absolutely roasting it. Oh my god. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't living for the fantasy of this film. To be honest. I think it's because um, like there's so many of these ones where they are just like not great and stuff like that because they aren't relatable and I, I think the thing is it's like you've tried to make it three visions and you're just like you're maybe taking that step too far like yeah. they survived the second vision maybe just end it there. Do you know what I mean? Like, give yeah, like it could have just it could have just ended after the second. I think if it ended after the second vision where he's like, oh, I need to fix it. That could be a good ending point, but it kind of just, it's kind of just like, nah. I think it would have been fine. Like, see, even if they had done what they had done and they had giving you this scene, giving you all that, and then um, the whole thing at the shopping center, the cinema, the nail gun, and all that again. Um, Mm-hmm. If they had then given you it, them sitting outside thinking it was going to happen, and then it just ended. So you're like, well, you don't know if it did or not, rather than actually seeing it and being like, oh, they actually did die. Like, yeah, can, can I put you on that? Kind of like I would say, like the Conjuring films end where they they give you that moment where you're like, there's going to be one last scare, but there's not a scare. It just ends. Like it's just one of. Yeah. I, I feel like that would be much better. Playing with expectations. Yeah, because then it's something you don't expect. Um. But obviously that was meant to be the final destination and then years later they made um, Final Destination 5, um, which is kind of the one that's um, not as tied into the other ones because in theory it technically is the first Final Destination. Like if you were to watch them in order, you would technically watch 5 and then move yeah. on through. Although to- although it's important to note that like this is like a twist at the end of the film because it basically you, you watch the film and you have no real reason to think that it is not out of chrono- chronological order with the previous ones because it's very it's actually that you can go back and watch it and it actually is quite cool how they sort of subtly hint at it being before the original um with like you know like just sort of like the the time the time period like obviously you know like a bit bit anachronistic but not in like a way that really stands out but you can go back and watch and maybe like notice little details that hint at it but the final twist of the film is obviously that after they survive everything and whatever, they get on a plane. And it turns out to be the plane for the first film. And the cycle, obviously, that's, that, that the cycle starts with the first film. So um, it's kind of like a stealth prequel, essentially, where like you think you're watching a sequel, but it actually turns out to, um, to be before all the previous films. And I thought that was pretty cool. I, I think that was the cool thing because you did get to... Like kind of they made like it a bit more fresh. Well. Yeah, and I think that was the thing that tied a lot together and kind of made the films a lot more... Like you could see, oh, it ties around. It goes back to um, being a lot more of a, a one film thing. Um, I think this was like a, a really cool one because it gave you a different perspective of where this is the one where they thought that if they killed someone else, they would get their their lifeline. So uh, they would all be like, because someone killed uh, an older person, and then he was like, "It's cool." Um, it's fine, I'll get his life. Um, because it was the, the bit in the factory where the guy gets um, the hook through his head um, yeah. and they were like, oh, um, that was me, but like, it was an accident. And they were like, oh, but you'll get his life. And then they didn't realise that that man was actually already dying anyway because he was dying. Yeah, I think that's one of the other twists. Yeah, he was dying of cancer or something. So he wasn't, he was, he was actually already dying. He didn't have long left. 
Um, so that's like the twist part of that. So that's why because they all, they all basically go bonkers trying to fucking kill each other so that they can get each other's lifespan and stuff like that. Um, which is silly because you think they'd be killing people who aren't involved. Um, because killing people who are involved, you're only gonna get like three days. But anyway, they killed this that that guy died, and then it was like, oh, you're gonna be alright because you're gonna get his lifespan. And then it's like actually like this guy actually was dying of like a major disease or whatever. So actually, you only have like two days. So was, and then he ends up dying anyway. But I thought that was a cool fake out twist because it like introduced the concept, but then kind of twisted the knife almost. Yeah. I thought that was really good. I thought the bridge disaster was really cool. Obviously, they thought like you say, like you thought that um killing somebody else off and obviously his pal tries to push the girl off like the um, mm-hmm. the the edge of the curb in front of the bus and stuff and um, I think what's good is as much as this is meant to then in a sense be like before Final Destination I, I kind of like the way that they tie in a little with the other films in a sense like the man that died at the factory um, used to go to the or was like down at the race the racetrack all the time and obviously mm-hmm. then he discovers like in that he didn't have left and then he, he dies at the end with the building collapsing on him. Um, but I like the way that it tied in. For me, this film has them um, one of the most like um horrible deaths and the one for me that I remember the most and I I, I actually feel sick watching it. And that's maybe because I'm not a, a person a fan of bones. I, I don't yeah, like, I, know I don't mind anything else and all that, but see when it comes to the bones, like oh no. Um and for me it's the one at the ve- the very first one. The first death, yeah. That comes back. Um and I think as well it's cool because it is again one of those where it plays on that you think it's gonna happen because the the fat the heating's not working, um, the fan comes on and um, the nail drops onto the beam and she's doing the gymnastics and it's like how close is she going to get before that nail is going to go through her foot, and then yep, the nail do, it does it does it doesn't and then it doesn't and you're like oh it's okay it's, she's fine and all that um, without realizing that that nail is going to have that knock on effect because the next person does it and then falls off and hits the um, the big tree of um, I want to say it's flower I don't know what it is that mm-hmm. they put on um, oh yeah chalk I like chalk chalk um, I'm sure you can tell I'm not a gymnastics gal so I mean <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't know what that was so it's like chalk flower um, and knocks it off and she's on the the two the two poles and swings around and falls and ends up like bent backwards like inside and our bones are sticking at that for me is too much I'm like oh yeah. no uh, I feel she basically she basically like completely crumples um from just landing it ever so wrong and that that one's very like ironically bone chilling to look at um I think it's quite I feel like honestly that death like the disaster with the bridge falling and the bus and everything like that and then that death like put the movie like on a good good role to start with because it was too strong like too like a strong disaster and a strong first death and I was very happy with that because the other one like the previous one was quite shite essentially so like this was a good return to form and I thought it was like a good good change like that death was really creative and really explosive but like in a way that like wasn't like it wasn't like her fucking butt was getting sucked out of her arse or whatever it was like you know she died doing gymnastics and it was just, it was just very creative and I just really enjoyed it and I thought that death and the subsequent ones were all really good obviously like the one that sticks out to me is the um laser eye surgery because I I'm very bad when it comes to eye core that's really the only thing and um horror that I can't look at like because I'm a big Walking Walking Dead fan and obviously Emma Bell uh, is in this movie as well I 
recognised her from from that because obviously she was also in The Walking Dead. Um, and she played Amy. And uh, I can't deal with Igor at all. I can deal with everything else, disembowelment, fucking teeth, fucking nails, don't mind, whatever. Go with whatever it comes to whatever. But see, when someone gets their eye, like, stabbed or their eye pulled out or their eye, oh, <clears throat> hate it. So the eye getting absolutely incinerated was not the one for me. Not the one for me. I, I have the same reaction to that one that you had to the gymnastics. Oh, no, it's just uh, it's just far too... I was like, no. But then, in a sense, I don't know if it's because... Um, I, this is going to sound really weird, but I don't know if it's because I kind of relate to the gymnastics death, in a sense. Not for the gymnastics mm-hmm. part, but um, I once fell off a tree swing in my life oh. and broke both arms at the same time. And um, I kind of, like, very much mangled up an arm. Oh, um, no. And um, after I, I got like all my all my like bones got like pulled back into place, mm-hmm. um, and things like that, and and like a surgery, oh, and it wasn't till after the surgery though they turned and away. So to get to give you a visual context, um, if you bend your wrist over, um, imagine your like as if you're bending your hand down. Imagine that, but then imagine your hand is still straight, but your wrist is still bent over. <gasps> it was um, it was very traumatic. Like I basically like separated my like forearm bones into, and he, he had said if you had tried to push your hand like fully back, like and straight up properly, you would have just sent the bones from your arm through your skin. And I was like, oh. I was like, that's far too much. And then also, yeah, like, okay. At that point, I was sitting thinking. And you left me sitting in a corridor like that, thinking I could have put my. I was like. Oh no, that is not the one. I'm very lucky I've never broken a bone and I hope to never break a bone. Oh, for touch, me, that, touch wood. No. For me, that is the most traumatic thing. Had that happened, I think I would have been traumatised for life. I'd be like, nope, nope. I mean, fair enough. Couldn't. But that, that death is super memorable, super gory, and super iconic, I think. And I think the I the I one is pretty iconic as well. The I one is, and so is um, the. It's not acupuncture. But yes, the one, um, the, yeah, the one where he gets his head, it ends up being the, the Buddha statue at the end, yeah. he's getting like, yeah. He's getting the like... That one's the so iconic, yeah. Um, that is a... That would do. This film, just, it just it was good because it was much better than the one before, so it kind of like stood out a lot more <laughs> than... Um, Basically... Any of the it was it was just a good return to form. Like, I think if I was to rank them, it would be three, then two then five, then one, then four. Um, if I had to rank them, what would I say? Um, I would probably say three, five, one, two, then four. Fair, that's fair enough. I mean, we agree the best one is three and the worst one is four. Yeah, um, we, we, we agree on that part. Um, but... Obviously, this was the, the the last film they said they were making. The, the very, very last one they said they were making. And it tied them all in because it ended with um, both of them surviving after his pal got a knife through it and they cheated death, they thought. And um, they went to go to Paris on a plane. And uh-huh. it ends up that they were on Flight 180. So it kind of tied them all back around and put them on that plane at the very Did beginning. Did you think it's happening in the present day? But it actually turns out that it's happening 10 yeah. years prior. I think that's a cool thing about that because you do think it is happening. Because like I say, with the wee tie-ins before of like how that guy was like down at the racetrack um, 
driver and you were thinking there's those wee tie-in parts and then you're like oh you don't actually realize that it's not actually those accidents have not yet happened yeah exactly i think it's so cool that they tied it all the way back like that and i think it would be a good end point for the series um and obviously it present moment as day of recording it is the um, current end point of the series however there is people that they now would like to bring it back to life reboot the series and make it um, a, a new thing um so mm-hmm. from the people that wrote saw they they would like to oh. um, bring it back to um to life again and um there's there's a little outline of the of their idea and that they're they're toying with the idea of it to take place in the world of first responders. So EMTs, firemen and police, um, these people deal with death on the front line every day and make choices that can cause people to die or live. We rely on their good judgment and expertise and calm demeanor. So why not put these people in the nightmare situation where every choice can bring life or death life and death, but now for themselves. Um, and they're thinking it would make an interesting way into a fine edition movie and one which can also generate unique set pieces in a very credible way. Um, I read it off a website for someone's reading it. Um, and actually they have put it into um, production just very, very um, recently because it appeared the other day um, that it's not a reboot, it's set in a different model, but they have started to move forward with it so it will be coming within the next um maybe year or two don't know well obviously we're living in a covid times at the moment but i think um i think it's exciting to think there'll be a new one because it's been almost 10 years since the last one um although i even i remember quite well when the last one was being like advertised and all that stuff so it doesn't feel like that long ago but it was Um, and i think it'll be cool because i would like to see how it would be adapted for 2020 because i think um, horror is, has changed a lot in the last 10 years. I think there's so much more emphasis on so many different aspects of horror now. Like there's so much more subversion of like common horror tropes. Like we see a lot more like, you know, um, diverse casting and diverse leads. And we see a lot more like um, attention to detail. And like, like, for example, I think that like you've got movies Get Out and Us and you've got movies like uh, Midsummer and Hereditary that I think are doing really cool and interesting new things with horror and it'd be interesting to see a final destination inspired by things such like like movies like that because obviously everything is always like in the final destination movies this big bombastic sort of set piece where these like group of people have things happen but like imagine if um you know it was I mean do you know what imagine it was one to drag queens and Delmonica's and then it was you know a, a final destination about um Skinny Minnie and Lola Fierce and all the all the sub queens. I think that would be fierce. It would be. That would be a moment you'd be like, let let's live it and keep. Let's see who who lives, who dies, who can who who's the smartest to outwit death of us all. Um. But you know what I mean? Like they can take they can definitely do it with more interesting and diverse casts and interesting and diverse settings necessarily than what we've had all, had at the moment. And I think I think it will be interesting to see. Um, especially because um, it still obviously is quite still committed to sort of anthology style that, um, you know, to see, obviously they've said it's fucking first responders, but like, you know what I mean? That's an interesting thing because it's different from what we've seen before because we've always got just a group of random civilians. Whereas like if it's, you know, like maybe like a, a CSI unit or a bunch of, um, you know, doctors or a bunch of nurses or a bunch of firefighters, it's interesting because you know, they could be responding to disasters that end up taking them out. 
Yeah, I think that's the thing I was thinking there. I was like, it would be... I think this film, if they do it in that way, is probably going to be like, you have the disaster happen um, already, but that's not actually a disaster because it, because all of them will attend the scene and then that is what's going to change it. But I think as well with this film, obviously, like you said, it's just a random bunch of civilians, but where there's in this film, it would be probably all of them they might not know each other or be like friends with each other, but they would probably know of each other as such. Like if you were a fireman, maybe you might know like the, the ambulance people or the police and that because you might have been on the same scene as them. So they would all maybe know each other in a sense, whereas before sometimes a lot of the time it's like random people that are just don't know anyone. I feel like that's one of the things that kind of maybe would be interesting to see because I think a lot of the time the the Federalist Nation films, because it's all strangers, the dynamics aren't as interesting as if they were people who already knew each other. Like imagine it was a family. Imagine if it was like, you know, think about like, let's say Get Out, for example. Um, if like it was like a family who were all on a big ranch together or whatever, and then all of them were in a disaster. And then it's essentially like losing granny bags and then losing, you know, your niece and losing this that next thing. It'd be a lot more interesting necessarily because all the deaths would have more weight. Whereas I think that's the thing is like, oh, while all the deaths are cool, the only time in the series where the deaths really feel impactful is the third the third one with obviously because the disaster takes away uh, Wendy's boyfriend and Kevin's girlfriend. So I think it would be interesting to see disasters where the kind of dynamics are a little bit more um, pronounced as opposed to just present. Yeah, I, I thought, see, literally before you said that, I was thinking the same thing. You know, I was like, imagine it was a family that would be like, like interesting in a way because it would be like, would you want to keep cheating death to be living knowing that for you to cheat death someone you love has, family to, die. has to die I, I think that was the only bit. time that i can think that they've had a family and it was the mother and her son in the second one um i can't think well obviously there's like sisters but i can't think of a sister wendy's sister but i can't ever really think of um like any kind of extended kind of like family of like bunch of brothers or a daughter or someone's mum being involved all at the same time no I think it is just that one because every other one it's much more of it's just like their husband their wife their boyfriend their girlfriend or something it's much more that it's not a it's not like a a son or a daughter or a mother kind of thing it is yeah. much more it is just like that and it's only that like you say it's the equation where the third one it's like our sister is part of that equation and then this first film his brother's part of the equation but it's not his brother dies on the plane he doesn't go off the plane so he doesn't he's not really part of the equation as such because yeah. he's already but as I, I think it'd be interesting if it was like a full family and it was a sense of are you going to cheat death knowing that your daughter's next are you going to die to protect your daughter what is what's going like i think that'd be a very interesting um application of the formula and i think likewise there's a lot because it's an anthology type of it's not really but you know what i mean it's like an anthology type of thing there's so many different things that you could apply it to and sort of like get different sort of you know uh, results from and just see how different kinds of people would respond to different. obviously it's not fucking real it's fiction but you can make stories up about like how different kinds of people would respond to different things like emts for example are probably going to be a lot more or like first responders kind of people going to be probably a lot more chill because they're probably used to dealing with disasters and death so it's maybe not going to be a little bit more of a like you know they're not going to be like panic like i feel like and i feel like sometimes these movies can feel about one note because everyone's just panicking the whole time whereas like they're not going to be as panicked and maybe more time for character and there might be more time for plot 
Yeah, give you much more of a story rather than just being like you kind of maybe a chance, like you say, get to get to know them more before they give them the chop in the film. Um, Essentially, yeah, because that makes everything more impactful if you are more kind of like interested or you know the character, you feel like you know the character more. Because I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's maybe somewhere where the oh, that just creaked. Um, I think that's maybe somewhere with the, where the the series lacks. Um, again, except the third one, and that's why it's my favorite one. I think it's because that gives you a chance to be like drawn in more to the film and relate more to the film if you give you the relatable characters. Um, so the approach might, is going to be like a, a, a different one for you to see. Obviously, they are moving forward with a sixth one, but do you think they should move forward and make more of them, or do you think they should just kind of leave it at bay? To be honest, I think the thing is with the disasters, with the current kind of like social climate that we're in, we are kind of in a time right now where like these kind of things unfortunately do happen where like lots and lots of people die and 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 I think horror movies, especially ones like this, um sometimes their existence can be seen as trivializing those experiences. I think if they're going to do another one, I think the best kind of route to take is probably natural disasters, like earthquakes or um you know like something along something along those lines like um just, just like maybe a tsunami i think i think there was a movie um what, what was the movie called and it starred um starred the guy who uh, tom holland who ended up being spider-man uh, and it was a movie about the tsunami that happened there's a bunch of british holiday on christmas day and there's a bunch of british holiday makers um I know there's in the um, shop. i know there's the impossible but the impossible that's, is it. Like that's a, what i'm talking about um, like a tsunami would be an interesting one to maybe kind of deal with. Because um, ima- like something that would essentially mean that like they can't go back to their normal life. Because imagine if like they survived a tsunami and then they have to like kind of not die in the aftermath of a tsunami. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so like obviously everything's fucking swamped underwater now, uh, wherever they are, and have to deal with that. Or like a plane crash, but like they do, they are in the plane crash, but they just don't die. And then they're like, on an island or something like that. Mm. Um, those kind of subversions. Um, I think the thing is, there's been so... I think Final Destinations had, like, a huge impact on the way horror movies kind of construct their big disasters sometimes, those kind of, like, disaster films. But I also think there's not been a lot of major disaster films in the last couple of, like, years. I don't think that's a style of horror that's really done at the moment. Um, we're kind of really in the cool kind of, like, psychological horror kind of era. Uh, we're like, oh, the real monster is you, um, or the real monster is your 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 brain or trauma or something like that. So I think it'd be nice and refreshing to maybe see a bit more like, you know, just death and destruction in a in a, in a more normal manner, um, a bit more of like an actual realistic manner. So I, I think we should, but I also think five is a pretty big number for a series to have hit, and I think the more they churn out, the more sort of diluted the series becomes. Um, I think they probably should have stopped after three. And I think if they'd stopped after three and then had the ending from five at the end of three, where the sister and Wendy and Kevin all got on the plane to Paris and then that went down, that would have been a really cool way to cap off the series as a trilogy. I think that, like you say, if they keep making more and more, it does become a bit less exciting each time because... You're like, oh, mm-hmm. what are you going? What are you going to do differently? And especially with with these films, you already know the kind of outline, so it's not like you can change it. Where there's kind of like with some slasher films as well, like they can turn them out and turn them out, and they can become very like boring after a while. But um, there's other ones where they like they can change timelines, they can make films in different places. Where there's with this, 
you're like you can't do that because there's nothing you can change or do that's gonna if you like if you like they did it with five they moved it back years but you didn't know but that didn't change oh, imagine if a final destination was set during like a completely different time period yeah it was like, like a- set in like the 1800s or something that would be really cool yeah, that would be fun because then you would get to see how they would handle these things actually in a different time zone with without maybe having so much like technology and things or so much in the way and how they would work out with because obviously like if you set it in times like that there might not be like so many like um high rise buildings, all these other things and stuff like that and um there might not be planes, there might not be all these things to to be able to use all these elements in it. So you would have to wonder how would they kill people off in ways that people would just day-to-daily do things. Um, or you could set it in space. That's, that's jumping the garden majorly, yeah. but it would be interesting to watch. <laughs> that's where you go. They, they made Jason X, and we feel like we know what happens when they take horror films to space occasionally. Um, yeah. they, 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 very, they exaggerate them to an extreme where you go, nah, I wish it didn't exist. Um, exactly. But that is obviously the end of... Um, the, the final destination um, quadrilogy whatever trilogy because they could make more Pentilogy. Yeah. Pentilogy. <laughs> they, they they just they just they are just gonna keep on um, going with it by the, the sounds of it um, but now it's like a little moment um, obviously you I um, ha- have said that you like horror with like um performing and stuff like that too and things um, what would you say your is about horror that draws you into it so much what is it you like so much about horror I think horror um just in itself is like it's like taking things that we are scared of or that we are uncomfortable about and put them in the spotlight my kind of interest in horror is probably more from like a maybe not, not even psychological but like uh, kind of filth kind of angle I really like to like examine why we are disgusted by things and revulsed by things um I think horror I think horror like um movies that sort of like deal with sort of sensitive or taboo topics like hereditary and um uh, um Midsummer are really interesting because they sort of delve into an aspect of like the real the real horror as ourselves kind of thing. So I I kind of like to incorporate aspects of horror because I like to um I think performing first and foremost is to create a reaction in the audience, whether it be excitement, amazement, or shock and disgust. So as much as I love to do a lovely little cartwheel and a little split and a little death drop and give them all, you know, a, oh my God, that chubby little thing can do all these acrobatics. I also like to you know, make people completely revulsed by what I'm doing on stage, not able to watch like when I'm like stapling myself or if I'm doing some sort of sideshow moment or some sort of like gross moment or whatever. I think it's, I think it's cool. And I think, I think, I think performing allows you to um, essentially create um a wealth of human emotion um for people to be able to be affected by i think um horror is a very effective way um for performers to just to to um just a very a very um interesting tool to have at your disposal um as a performer to be able to do horror things and freak people out well that's what i was gonna say like does has um, horror inspired your drag in any way like um from the things that you do but you kind of already answered that with saying like how you like to perform a lot of it well, yeah pretty much yeah it does not majorly i think i'm like i'm not by any means a spooky queen um 
But I'm inspired by by the wealth of emotion that a horror movie can conjure because horror is also often comedy. As I don't know what comedy is. That is, I feel like horror is often very linked to comedy, so I think it's very interesting to put like the emotions of fear and humor, like being, being like finding something funny together. I think like scary things that also kind of make you laugh, like, kind of campy scary. It's a very interesting, it's a very, like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, that's kind of how I, if I was to be, like, someone who did, like, horror stuff, it'd be more with, like, a tongue-in-cheek aspect. I'm not very much about, like, the, let me look like a photorealistic demon, uh, you know, coming out of your corner of your eye or whatever. That's not really my vibe. I think that's the thing, like, horror does times it because a lot of the time you might, like, watch a scary movie and sit there and get, like, scared of that moment, but then you'll laugh after it because you're, like... I just got scared at something that's so like not stupid, but like you're like that person just jumped out at me, and you're like, I just got scared of something so like small and yeah. like thing me that you're like, it's so funny because you're like you could so see it was going to happen, and then it happened, and then you just got scared anyway. Um, it, for me, it always brings me back to um, I think it's like Friday the Thirteenth Two. I think it's the second one where she's like in the she's in the house and. Um, He's, like towards the end he's chasing her and she gets like goes into the bathroom and locks the the door and then he stops banging it and then he smashes through the window and you're like you know he's gonna smash through the window you know it's coming but every time you still jump because you're like yeah forget that precise second it's gonna happen um but what would you say your um like all-time favorite scary movie is and why oh my goodness um my all-time favorite scary movie is probably the woman in black um, purely because of the memories that I have associated with watching it the very first time because it was one of those movies that my mum got me from Blockbuster when I was growing up and we watched it on Halloween in like 2013 or something like that and I remember just being gagged because obviously it was first, Daniel Radcliffe's like first major role after Harry Potter and I remember not wanting to watch it because I was so scared because I was not a big horror movie fan as a child I was very scared by these kind of things and then we watched it and my sister was a big horror fan like my sister loves horror movies and we were watching it and um, towards like the climax of the film, my mum and my sister couldn't watch. They were like watching their fingers and I was just sitting there watching it like, and what? So um, probably that one, just because I have the memory of um, watching it and not being like unable to watch, unlike my family who like horror movies were unable to watch. I, I Women in Black is um, it's coming up very soon on the podcast at some point um, and you'll get to hear I think I spoke about it last week of the moment when I went to see the play and fell asleep but that's that's a different oh my god <laughs> that's, a, that's a different thing the play the book and the film are all completely different and it's a a weird like a weird thing um, but yeah no that is that is a good wee one the second one wasn't as great as the first film but um no the, the first one still sounds like more. Um, obviously, you kind of said it earlier on a little, um, but I ask everyone to see um, what they think. Um, horror, obviously, over the years has changed like through things like technology and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But what would you say you prefer? Do you prefer old school horror or new school horror? Definitely old school horror, like 100%. Like films like Psycho and The Shining, like, actually just do it for me because when you don't have, like, the ability to rely on, like, like technological regs or, like, CGI or whatever, you have to get very creative with the way in which you instill horror in someone. And I think that, like, often with horror, less is more. Like, obviously, like, we just sat and talked about an overly gratuitous, gra- graphic, gory series. But there's the deaths that are the most impactful in the series is when it's 
actually quite understated. Like the bus is probably the most the bus running over um that that guy's girlfriend is probably the most impactful death in the entire series, and it's extremely understated. It happens in an instant. There's no build up and there's no aftermath really. Um, obviously besides the reaction to her death. So things like that, like that's not old school necessarily, but you old school movies have to get really creative. I well they had to get very creative with the way in which they created feeling of unease or feelings of fear or terror they didn't really even like back in the day like you couldn't really pull off jump scares in the same way um like i feel like there's a lot of movies that are filmed in like specific ways to create feelings of unease and like the old it movies are much better than like the new ones in my opinion um things like that i think i definitely lean more towards uh, old school horror i think while impressive cgi is obviously impressive it doesn't necessarily hit the like something just being like unbelievably gross to look at isn't the same thing as like really unsettling you viscerally i think i always said like and the one that i related to the most is um is scream how the films were the first three were like very much not like relying on technology and then the tv show mm-hmm. was very much like facebook snapchat all this shenanigans and it took away from what it was but um mm-hmm. i can't remember if i've said this before i don't, I don't know when I, I said it when i was talking about valentine as well but like with old school horror when it came to things like people dying and people like getting stabbed and things like that they kind of actually they had to find a way to be able to create that in front of the camera and not just mm-hmm. shoot like a person with a green screen like part of their body and stuff like that like they had yeah. to actually do it and um, I remember a film it's called See No Evil I don't know if you've seen it or haven't heard but, um, there's I a don't second, think I've seen it there's a second one and in it um, the, there is a part where um, it's Kane he's a wrestler and he's like the, the main guy in it um, and he basically like slices this girl from her shoulder like down but they actually created like a cast of her like body and like did it so you could see it which I think is the thing like where the older school that's not an old school film that's still like a, a very like recent film over the past years but like it's things like that where they actually had to physically do these things and create yeah. these things with like dummies or like um prosthetics and things like that where there's nowadays it's like okay we're totally gonna like um stab you in the eye but all you're gonna see is it going to your eye and then we'll like cgi it all in and like make it all like work that way do you mean or like whatever mm-hmm. and you're, like it doesn't or like you're gonna get like you're going to get like um, sliced in two but basically we're just literally going to do it and you're going to put a green screen on and then that's happens because I think that's cool when you look back at films like Wrong Turn yeah obviously like obviously parts of it are CGI and stuff like that but if, when it comes to things like at the beginning of Wrong Turn 2 where she gets sliced completely into and like you actually see the body fall apart and things like that like it's parts like that was like there's a little bit of CGI but you can see the body after it so you can see the actually physically like done it yeah um, done it yeah it, it's things like that I say that they're in the world of where they're like rebooting films like Scream Halloween and Candyland mm-hmm. and stuff is there any film or anything that hasn't been rebooted that you if you had the chance to and you could reboot it um, would you um oh my god well I need to I need to think about that one because my first thought there was like Psycho and The Shining, but they are both technically being been rebooted recently because there was Bates Motel and Shining obviously got a sequel. Um, that's being made right now, Doctor Sleep. Um, and there's other like old Stephen King stuff that's being obviously fucking Stephen King has a fucking movie coming out every every year at this point with his old books. Um, I don't really know. Like I feel like a lot of old school horror 
like all the old school horror movies that kind of can be recreated still kind of are like you know there's there's all the friday the 13th then there's um halloween and there's nightmare on elm street and all this kind of stuff i feel like nightmare on elm is nightmare on elm street been repeated lately like with yeah, movies they, made, or... they, they made a reboot of it um, like a few years ago it wasn't great but i feel, I like, I feel to... like yeah i feel like to be honest with you like a lot of horror at the moment like there's always these reboots going on of like the like changing the timeline that jamie lee curtis is back again like all that shit um i personally don't particularly care for like rebooting horror series and starting them all over again and kind of stuff like that i think it's kind of kind of trite actually i think that's what i was kind of getting at before with the the um fairness nation like diluting the series if there were so many at this point like i don't really know how many halloween films there are or how many friday the 13th films there are there's so many to the point where like i wouldn't even know where to start and also like so many of them like um retcon previous films and stuff like that i actually think to be honest with you i think um reboots tend to be a worse idea usually than better i think more reboots are are bad than good and i think a lot of the time when there's something that's been made that's like good and a classic it's best to just leave it as a classic yeah there is a few that they have to that with obviously like you see there's things like nowadays there like jamie lee curtis has popped back into halloween um but I love the new Halloween because they've taken on a different story line from it. But obviously, like you say, Halloween is one that you can tell people about and you're like, where do I start? Um, because I actually, um, I went to a drive-in to see, no, I went to the cinema on Halloween to see the original Halloween. And then the next day I went to a drive-in to see the 2018 Halloween. And I was trying mm-hmm. to explain to my friend, I was like, you don't have to have watched every Halloween. Yeah, but there's loads in the middle. I was like, you don't. It's like, literally, yeah. you only have to see the two of these and you'll have saw the, a full timeline for it to make sense. Um, because yeah. she was like, but I've not saw like two. I was like, it's not even in three. I was like, in four, five, and six. I'm like, different and all this. And it's like, she's died. She's yeah. now not. Like, it, it, it's one of those things. But, um, I, I'm very excited for next year's Halloween though. I'm, I'm very excited. I, I do love Halloween um, and I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with Scream. Um, it's not mm. a reboot apparently, but um, I'm intrigued to see because he's not here anymore to make the film, what these people do with his legacy and trying to create mm-hmm. it. They, they have said though that he would be proud of the film they have made mm. and he would like the film that they have made, but... Um, so you've got to wait uh, a year and a month to find out um, before you get to see it. Um, but is there, is there any uh, excluding excluding Halloween two thousand and nine, Halloween two two thousand nine, because that is atrocious in itself? Um, but is there any reboot that you've seen that you think has destroyed the original and you just wish didn't exist? Honestly, like not. Not really, because I actually don't watch a lot of, like, the kind of horror movies that get sort of, like, a new kind of iteration, like, every movie, like, every very, every often, like, I've actually never seen Halloween, I've never seen Friday the 13th, and I've never seen Scream, um, because how, I like how horror How do I hit delete? How do I hit delete? <laughs> you hit the wrong, you hit the right button and you delete the full <laughs> podcast, which is film. Um, no, like, I, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily against these movies. Um, I really like like one-off movies that sort of like deal with the full concept and sort of do it the full way through and 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 then sort of like go from there. So I don't actually I couldn't really comment on whether or not they destroyed them or not because I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really know. 
Well, you said that you preferred like the older its to the newer its. Oh well, yeah. Well, I don't think the new. I don't think the new. The new its didn't necessarily destroy the older older its, in in the sense of like obviously they're both good in their old own their own ways. Um, but I think the newer ones are inferior in a lot of ways, um, and the older ones were were better. Um, but that's just my opinion personally. I think that um, I thought. I mean, I thought the new, the new it movies were like fine. They weren't bad. They weren't good. They were just there. Um. I mean, I much prefer um, Lawrence Cheney's interpretation of it to um, whoever made that most recent movie. Yeah, I, I think, like you say, there's some things that you just prefer to the older movies than you do to the, the newer yeah. ones, and that is just um, that is just the way it is. Um, but that's when it comes to things where you're intrigued to see what they do with some things. Like mm-hmm. I always say, the one thing I'm intrigued to see is like a lot of things are getting turned into TV shows instead. So that's an interesting. That's an interesting um, perspective. I actually think Final Destination would work pretty well as a TV show because yeah. it would give you so much more time to get to know all the characters. Like, could you imagine, like, let's say, let Let's say they do it like American Horror Story style and it's like an anthology where every season is a different disaster and every season is a different like, group of characters and you could have all the disaster the disaster happen in the first episode and let's say there's eight episodes in a season, right? So each episode someone can die and then you can meet all the characters and like have no idea who's, well, you know, obviously, but like it kind of could be a mystery of who's going next or what's happening and like just develop it in a more interesting way. Like I actually think that like two and a half well, how long are the movies? Like an hour and like, a half? Yeah, like an hour, actually, half an hour and 40 minutes. Isn't really that long to like deal with like getting to know a cast of like 10 people and kill them all off. Whereas a season of a TV show, you have so much more time and control. I think that's the thing, like with this, it would work as a TV show because like you say, there's more time to expand, but it's certain things like, um, I don't know if you've ever saw I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, I actually have seen that movie, yes. Well, they're, they're making that into a TV show and I'm very intrigued mm-hmm. to see how that's going to expand over a full entire season of like eight, ten episodes rather than being just, because that is something that does work because it's such a small amount of people. It's only like four of them. You kind of get to grips with these people over the course of the movie and then you're like, oh, okay, that that happens. But now if you're drawing it out over this, you're like, what are you going to do to draw it out? But um, we'll, we'll see, I suppose. I suppose they, they, the, the pilot must have went well for them to um, green light a full entire series of it. So... Got what mm-hmm. you see, but it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. It will be, but it just won't be the same without Jennifer Love You or um, Freddie Prince Jr. And I mean, they killed Sarah Michelle Gellar off in the first one, so that was a sad time. But um, she's she's there. The Fred, the Fred, the Fred and Daphne of horror. I know. That's the thing. I said that some the other day. It was like they're actually married. They were like, are they? It was like, yeah, they're, they're actually a real couple. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like in real life. Obsessed. From that to like, it's gonna be doing everything. Um, but it has been a, a lovely time having you here. On the on the, the podcast, I, I love the wee time to catch up too. Um, is there anything that you've got coming up, or anything that anyone um, should go check out that you'd like to share with people? Well, I will be um in Salmonella's infectious Christmas bash, um, which is on. Bear with, uh, the nineteenth uh, of um, December. Uh, it is my twenty-first birthday on the seventeenth of December. Um, so if you want to celebrate with me in quarantine, then just like my Instagram post, which goes up on that day. Um, I will also be doing some interesting drag projects over the next month, and um. Given that uh, it's fairly 
certain that the Drag Race UK season two lineup will be being released in December. I will be flying solo this season. Unfortunately, Stephanie has died and will not be able to join me on the shit stop. She's not dead, actually, but, you know, just a bit of humour there. Um, I will be flying solo for my solo reviews of Skinny's shit stop, um, where I will be reviewing... UK Drag Race Season 2, starting with the promo looks whenever that drops in December. So um, feel free to tune into that on skinnyandstephanie at youtube.com. Yeah, see, there's lots of things you've got to come up, exciting wee points, like you say, and, and you've appeared on this too. So what more can people can see you all over now? Check you out on all the wee... Um platforms and things but it has been really lovely having you and catching up and um, if you've all enjoyed this episode obviously make sure you can you're staying tuned and ready for um, next week where we'll be diving into the world of another um, horror series or maybe just a horror movie you never ever know like could just be one standalone movie but you all know if we do that we are are still here for this length of time depending on how how, how detailed we go into it Um, but yeah don't worry there there, like we see it there's a scream episode coming up Woman in Black's going to appear in it at some point soon nightmare on elm streets coming up um, there, there's quite a few exciting ones we might even dive into the world of them um, director's best and worst movies you you never ever know so um, make sure to stay tuned and we will see you all soon bye thank you for listening bye. thank you